0: What's good, welcome to episode 45 of the Helmets, Hoops, and Homies podcast. I'm Matthew Garcia, here with my co-host and homie, the hoops guru, Patrick Moore. What's good, P-Moore?
1: What's up, homie? How you doing?
0: I'm good, homie. How are you?
1: Pretty good. Um, we, we we're having the rare, uh, you know, two records within one calendar week, so it, it's usually been a couple of weeks when we record. This one is um, not that long after our last one, so that's good.
0: It's good, yeah. Especially since we're gonna take another at least a week off, if not a little bit more. So yeah, we had to get this sure. one in. It's a special, special episode. This is our uh, our second annual, I guess, you could say um, St. Patrick's Day special. So we're gonna go ahead and uh, have some fun, uh, some fun segments to talk about. But before we do that, we're on episode forty-five. We talk about some jerseys, some notable players who wore them. But first, let's get into what we're drinking. So so pat what do you what do you drink in this episode
1: yeah so for our uh saint patrick's day uh celebration i got a a, a nice themed beer here i got a, a red ale irish style red ale from lone tree brewing company so i was looking around uh, the local liquor liquor store it's kind of like it's a lot of craft beer you know they have some like you know kind of like normal domestic beer but they didn't have Smittix. They didn't have Smittix there, so I was looking for Smittix. They didn't have it. But then I was like, "Do you have any kind of like Irish style beers?" And they were like, "Oh, actually, there's a this brewery, this local brewery, Lone Tree, um, and they make this. And It's pretty good. I mean, it probably costs twice as much as Smittix when I bought it at the store, but uh, good, good uh, re- Irish red ale, which is one of my favorite types of beers. Um, shocking, right?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you take this, you take this seriously, homie. So I'm sure the price was a. Uh was uh was nothing to you. You just brushed it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You take this seriously. So you play yeah, for Pete. What do you, what you uh, I just went with, I went with a classic. So uh I just went with a, a Sprite uh oh, OG Sprite and OG. that nice uh green and white can. So
1: yeah God that yeah, brings perfect, back memories. Uh,
0: perfect the uh, same Patty's Day green right there. So I went with a Sprite. I was looking for uh really hard to find like a green river here a green river Yeah, it's like
1: a Midwest thing, right? It's a Midwest thing, yeah.
0: So I can't really find them out here unless I ordered them like special. Mm -hmm. But uh, those are good too. But one of these years I'll get one. But uh, yeah, a sprite—you can't go wrong with that. So nice,
1: yeah. Good, good choice there. Well, let's uh, let's pop it off in honor of my uh, name saint, Saint Patrick. We'll uh, you know get do the honorary top off.
0: All right, let's get it popping. All right, so we're in episode 45, so let's go ahead and get into some notable, famous players in the NFL and NBA who've worn 45. So we're going to start with the NFL. We have uh, Bill Willis, uh, Emlyn Tunnell, Kenny Easley, Gary Fenchik, Dave Grayson, Ed Shirockman, Homer Jones, Otis Smith, Speedy Duncan, and Dick Gordon. And then for current players who've worn it this past season, we have uh, Bobby Wagner Linebacker, he played for the L.A. Rams last year. Uh, very, very uh, good players. It's uh, kind of a, a given. He's probably going to make the Hall of Fame at some point. Um, numbers are incredible as his uh, accomplishments are. And then also, you also have another linebacker, uh, Devin White, who plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, another really good uh, up-and-coming player. And then getting over to... Uh, The association, so some past um, 45s. We have Phil Chenier, or Chenier, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. We have A.C. Green, who's on those Showtime Laker teams. His nickname is Iron Man. Also, uh, homie, when I thought of forty five, first thing that came to my mind was uh, uh, his Aaroness, Michael Jordan, were 45. When he returned during that 95 season for the last third of that season or so, he was 45 because his number was retired. So he wore that one. Um, uh, Rafe LaFrance, Bo Outlaw, Chuck Person, whose nicknames were The Rifleman and Mr. Smooth. Uh, Jeff Petrie, Purves Short, Rick Smith, who had the nicknames The Dunking Dutchman and Dutch Boy in the Paint, which I know you'll appreciate those, some fun ones. And Rudy Tomjanovich also was a 45. And then getting into the current 45s, there's three. Who wear it uh in the league this season. We have uh Delano Banton. We have uh, Jericho Sims from the New York Knicks, and we have uh, Donovan Mitchell, Donnie Switch, as I like to call him, or Spider Mitchell is probably the most notable 45 we currently have. So those are our famous 45s. Your thoughts, homie?
1: So, I didn't really know um really any of those older pigskin players just to keep it real with you. um, but I did have one thought about that anyways why don't why isn't anybody named Otis anymore? That's an awesome name and you said otis Smith i I love Otis, and no one is named Otis anymore and I just I had to say it
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's a great takeaway in both sports too like when I think of otis uh in uh in the NBA, I think like Otis Thorpe, who's in like those yep, Otis teams. Thorpe. Yeah, yeah, that's like the first one, but that's that's not a a, a name that hasn't uh, hasn't been used as much anymore. But I feel you; it's a, it's an interesting name. I like it. It's, Nick, it's we gotta bring
1: it. Gotta bring it back. Gotta, gotta bring it be back. back. Like, <laughs> yeah, too many Jalen's. We need more Otis's
0: A lot of J names. <laughs> a lot of J names. Not enough O names. How about that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> there we go. Um,
1: yeah, on the current players. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Bobby Wagner, Devin White, two uh two very good players. Two very I feel like kind of different players they are both like inside linebackers, but I feel like Wagner was, you know, he had coverage chops, but he was kind of on the bigger side. Whereas Devin white is really like speedy. He could almost like, you know, I feel like almost play safety, like play strong safety. Um, but yeah, two really good players there. And then, yeah, lots of great names on the NBA side, a lot of classics, um, Rick Smith's uh, yeah he was he was a fixture on those really good uh, 90s early 2000s Pacers team Chuck Person was a, a really good role player for a, a long time Uh half season of MJ um, you know it's not a surprise why he decided to <laughs> go back to 23 because I think that was his only playoff loss in like Eight years or something like that, right? Like, so uh, I can't blame him for switching that up. And you know, he's obviously twenty-three. So, um, yeah, some good names on that uh, that classic list. And then, yeah, my guy Jericho Sims, uh, pretty good young center for the Knickerbockers. And then Donovan Mitchell, who, uh, yeah, is having a great year. He uh, he's he's been pretty good since he came into the league. He's rocked that forty-five um, for most of it. So. Uh, he's, he's, uh, definitely one, he probably sells a lot of jerseys. I'm sure, um, a lot of those 45 jerseys. So good, good list there.
0: Yeah. So of course, Jordan, like I said, the first one that came to my mind, Rick Smith, like I said, was on those last time the Pacers were, were, uh, consistently competitive. I would say he was one of the, one of the fixtures on that team in the, in the, uh, front court. And yeah, a lot of like really uh solid, like uh, kind of bigs, like Bo Outlaw was just a guy who's just around for a while. Nice, solid, a nice solid front court player. And um Chuck Person also a good player. So yeah, some really solid players. And then uh, Rudy Tomjanovic, of course, is a coach. He's in the Hall of Fame, so he's he's of note as well. And then um for uh current players, of course, uh with Jericho Sims is a really solid center, I think, for the Knicks. He has a um He's been getting some more minutes here and there. Hopefully he gets some more, but Robinson's been kind of playing out of his mind lately. So I can understand why he's not getting as much run, but uh, he's solid. I like him. He was in a dunk contest this year. Uh, he's definitely got some hops there too. So he's a nice, a nice uh, you know, rotation piece for the Knicks and uh, Delano Banton's still really early in his career. So we'll see what happens with him with Toronto and everything. I believe he plays for the Raptors. up top am my head. Um, yeah. So, and then, um, I mean, Donnie Switch is having like you know, I'd say the best year of his career. I'd say he's having this year, and um, uh, very very likely he's going to be All NBA. And then I would say uh, he's also playing on the best team he's ever played on. I know that the 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 Jazz were one seed when he was there, but to me this team is better. Uh, I don't think the record really indicates that. I think this is a better team, um, top to bottom, than any team he's ever played on before. And uh, yeah, for the NFLs, I mean a lot of. Uh, a lot of the uh, players you know pre i would say like around the 70s and back were the ones who were born 45 mostly but current ones like you said bobby wagner is going to be a hall of famer at some point um he's on the like, all decades team in 2010 which is you know extremely impressive given how many great players there are in the nfl and then devin white's a uh, a player i'm really high on he's just, like a top five linebacker to me uh, i think he has uh he was one of my picks i want to say uh, last year the year before for defensive player of the year that's how much i believe in him i think he's uh a little bit of a down year this year he had some personal things unfortunately that happened to him but uh he's definitely the anchor i think on that tampa bay defense and he's one of the few bright spots with other things going on with the roster currently so i'm, I'm really i'm a really uh high on his his upside but yeah let's so, so uh interesting number for 45 so let's get into our uh our st patty's day segments we got a couple hopefully fun ones for you and i'm gonna let uh I'm going to let the man himself, Patrick, uh, go ahead and uh, lead these for us and get us into it.
1: Yeah, so in honor of uh, St. Patrick's Day, uh, we're going to do uh, uh, two straight hours of Celtics talk. No, just kidding. <laughs> Hell no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But like no, half like
0: half like everybody whoever listens in like New York and the rest of the East coast has turned to turn to show off, probably. so yeah, exactly, yeah, <laughs> like oh! all philly all the Philly fans are like, oh, forget that, yeah, yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: the, what the Lakers fans do, yeah. yeah the Lakers
0: fans, the whole west coast is like, okay, never mind, <laughs> yeah,
1: no, we're not gonna we're not gonna do uh we're not gonna do the Celtics. who can't even pronounce their own damn name, right? Uh, where <laughs> we might talk about them a little bit this episode. But uh, this first segment that we're gonna do uh, is is we're, we're unveiling it. It's uh, a brand new for this St. Patty's Day special. Clean and green uh, is the segment where we choose our top three favorite green jerseys or uniforms ever in, in honor of the green Isle. Um, so uh, we can pick we basically decided well we can pick from the NFL or the NBA, the two leagues we cover, and we can pick classic or current jerseys. So it doesn't have to be, um, you know, one that's that's currently being worn necessarily. We'll we can we can pick just our favorite three jerseys, three favorite three green jerseys. So uh, we'll keep we'll keep it simple with that. Um, and yeah, so let's let's get right into it, homie. I'll let you. Um, lead this one off uh why don't you start with your number three we'll go on to from from our our lowest to our highest so what's your number for uh number three um uh favorite green jersey
0: yeah so this was uh it wasn't extremely tough but when it came down to ranking them it was a little bit tougher because i already had a i had two for sure that i wanted to do and then i was looking through and i remembered another one that i, I really liked so um, we'll give honorable mentions at the end of this, but for me, at number three, I have the uh, Seattle Supersonics uh, Space Needle, the green that they had with like that, kind of that uh, orangish red that they had. So it was a, basically just worn from 95 to 01, it was part of like a rebrand that they had. And the first year they wore this jersey, they made the NBA Finals uh, and they had the best record in the, in the league. So 160 plus games, George Carl was the coach. So, uh, coincidence, I don't know about that. I don't think so. So, <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is one that they, uh, I really like it. It's like a space needle theme. So essentially it is an eye is dotted by kind of like a, a orange basketball. that's kind of swooping over and like an arc. It looks really dope. I love this Jersey. It's, um, one of the best of the nineties for, for show. It's one of my favorites ever. I love this one. So I had to go ahead and give the, uh, the 90s seattle supersonics green space needle my number three spot
1: well homie we got some harmony to uh stop start things off here my number three as well was the seattle supersonics and i actually also specifically typed 90s space needle edition um i think their older ones are okay too um a little yellowy maybe a little too much yellow um, but that like deeper, they went like to a deeper green, like a deeper forest green with the red accents. And, um, yeah, just like either, like they had that circular basketball shape around it and it was kind of like a diagonal font. Um, I don't know. I just love those. And yeah, maybe that's just nostalgia. Cause that was like the era when I first remember watching basketball. Um, but I, yeah, I love those jerseys and, you know, it's uh, it's sad that the Supersonics aren't around anymore. I mean, we really need to bring them back because, um, you know, they were a great team. They were a really fun team to root for, and, um, you know, I'm shocked. Seattle is such a a a, a wealthy city, a city with so many people. I would such a rich basketball history there too. Honestly, it's really kind of really disappointing they don't have a team this day and age. Um, but I think that'll change hopefully in the next couple of years um and so yeah so hopefully when when if when they bring that that uh team back they'll bring back these uh Space Needle Edition unis because yeah they're they're really dope I, I love them um but yeah homie what do you think uh do you like those older Sonic jerseys as well with the kind of brighter yellow uh hints to it
0: I mean they're they're okay like the whole thing with me is that green and yellow reminds me of the Green Bay Packers (laughs) uh, I haven't I haven't been shy about my disdain for them you know growing up (laughs) when I grew up it's not really a thing for me I mean I don't like the color yellow anyway as I pretty much established during all of our jersey talk on this show but I mean they're okay I think the older ones are better than when they kind of went away from these space needle ones which is unthinkable to us but they went back to like the early 2000s they went back to like the green and the yellow and the whites um like when Ray Allen was on the team I remember he had it. Uh, you know and obviously like when Durant was drafted there and everything and I didn't like though I think those were the worst that they did so I'm hoping that uh, When they come back so I feel like it's there's the NBA is gonna be back in Seattle and I don't see why you would name your team Anything other than the Supersonics, which is a really dope name. I think um, that They go back to these Space Needle ones which I think are more they kind of like futuristic. They're more like they're more hip. They're more dope to me than like the the yellow and the green ones that they brought in the two thousands. They're kind of they look kind of outdated to me. So these ones look more, more fresh. Like some that people would still wear, uh, currently.
1: Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Um, yeah, the I remember like a big a big part of that move from Seattle to Oklahoma City. I remember like re- I don't I remember this specifically like the Seattle group was like, okay, but like, we get to keep the Sonics name. Like you you can't take the Sonics name or the, you know, the the colors, um, you know, that type, the team history, like they, they basically said, if we want to start another franchise, we get to keep that. And, you know, I mean, I don't think Oklahoma city wanted to keep that, that moniker anyways, they wanted to make it their own. Um, and they came up with a pretty cool um, name and, and concept uh, in their own right, obviously, but yeah, we got to We got to get the supersonics back also just like dope name supersonics. Uh, it's like, I don't know. It's yeah. It's very futuristic. It's like what people in the seventies or the sixties thought the future was going to be. Um, I, I just, I like, I like everything about it. Um, Seattle's a cool city too. Hard, hard not to uh, root for a team there. So we're uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed for uh, the return of the supersonics. Um. All right, let's let's move on to number two, homie. Uh, what is your number two green jersey or uniform of all time?
0: Yeah, so I actually put it in the chat, Pat. If you want to take a look at it yourself, I'll describe it for the listeners. Um, and it's really quickly, Seattle actually is the Emerald City, so it makes sense we're talking about a the Emerald Isle a little bit here. We've got the Emerald City in Seattle, so um, yeah, for me, my number two. Is this is it's the uh, Milwaukee Bucks uh, jersey they wore this from '95 to '99. It was a alternate road jersey. Uh, I don't know if you can see it, homie, but it's uh it's it's really dope. It's basically a, uh, it's dark green with uh, purple and kind of like a, kind of like an off white, almost a silver accents on it, and it has a huge uh, buck on the middle, kind of with its head turned forward, and you can see like the the antlers, the rack of antlers, and everything. I just I just really like it. I like I love purple. I think it's it's one of my favorite colors. Uh, I wish it was used more, and I wish the Bucks would kind of go back to this to using the purple more than kind of like the green and the white they currently have, which is fine. But uh, I much preferred when they would wear the purple jerseys, like back with you No know, Ray Allen, who, uh, who uh, surprisingly is in this talk again. Uh, he's been on a lot of teams that were green, I guess, and then uh, yeah, in Boston too. He really he's he's kind of a. Uh, corner of the market and, and playing for teams with green jerseys, I guess Ray Allen. So, um, yeah, with that one, and uh, I, I mean, I like their current ones, but I like these ones more. And uh, like you know, like, you know, Big Dog, Glenn Robinson, stuff like that. I think of those type of teams, even when even Michael Red, a little bit later on. Um, so, I mean, I like this one a lot too. I think it's really dope. I wish they would go back to this one. And the fact that this was an alternate road jersey that they wore for like four or five seasons. It's like, it's like it's probably the best, maybe the best alternate road jersey ever in NBA history. I don't know. I have to look into it, but it's really dope. So it's kind of obscure a little bit, but uh, I love it. So,
1: Yeah, great pick there, homie. Uh, not to spoil anything, but we might uh, swing back on this conversation <laughs> about this jersey. So I'll uh, save my thoughts until then. Um, for mine, the number two pick for me, was um new york jets jersey and i'm specifically going with the 2022 all green um i'll send you a, a photo of this homie um but um it's basically they they have the green pants um green uh jersey and and green and like chrome green green helmet which i really like um it's a it's you know the jets uniforms. I've always kind of liked them just cuz I, I don't know I just love that shade of green and I don't know just the green and white I've always kind of liked um I'm, I I I'm not like necessarily a Jets fan but I don't dislike them in any way um but I just think when they started changing their um their uniforms or their 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 helmets to more of the chrome green um that to me was like you know, the, the best um, it, it's, it's like, they had kind of older green helmets with kind of a different, different look, but um, this one is my favorite um, just cause you've got just like the, the, the really bright green popping everywhere. So um, you know, I don't know if they wore these, I guess they did wear them last year. Um, and I think maybe the year before as well, usually they're wearing like greens with white pants. Um, but I specifically like when they wear all the, the all green, um uni is just because they're they're just i don't know they look really sweet um and yeah i don't even know like how would you describe the jets green homie it's like it's a very like bright green um to me it's like an
0: emerald green yeah like like emerald and then the the helmet's like metallic green but like the flex in there which is nice like kind of like a kind of like you would see on a car like my car has like those metallic flex in it when it's a bright color that's what the helmet reminds me of. I'd say an emerald green, like a really dark forest green, maybe something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like you no, know, you're you're right. It's like an emerald green. So I love those all greens um, of the NFL teams with green uniforms. You know, one of them is a team I hate, um, in the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> and then um, you know, and I, I've never just I never thought their uniforms were anything great. I did like when they had like the eagle on the helmet, but and and or the eagle wings on the helmet. Um, and then um, and then yeah, the Green Bay Packers and I always just thought their like <laughs> their uniforms just looked so old, like they just looked like they haven't changed them since the '60s. Um, so I never thought those were great. So I always liked the the Jets uniforms, the the, the green. I was always a little bit jealous because like uh, I remember seeing like there would be people around in Connecticut with like the emerald green hat with like the jet. It said Jets, but it was like kind of that cursive font. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, damn, I wish I had one of those hats, but I was a Giants fan, so I couldn't wear one. Um, you know, can't can't betray my team like that. So yeah, I'm going with the the Jets all green jerseys. Um, and yeah, they've worn some iteration of this going years back. Um, I really kind of like all their jerseys, but that's just my favorite version. But yeah, any thoughts on that, homie?
0: Yeah, I think it's 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 a good one to me. It's it's my favorite of the green ones in the current NFL, I would say. Um, like you said, the other ones, um, the Eagles ones, they're not bad, but I'm not not the biggest fan. They're okay. And then uh, I, hate, I think the Packers jerseys are one of the worst in sports. If not the worst, I think they're awful. Um, they're right up there with uh, – they're the worst, I think. And then I think those Bumblebee Steelers ones are awful too. Those are atrocious. So, yeah, I, I hate the Packers uh, jerseys. Uh, uh, <laughs> so I can't stand them. But, uh, yeah, so the Jets ones, I like when they're all green too. I wish they'd kind of go back to the the logo when it was actually a jet plane on there instead of just the word jets. I think that would be pretty dope and maybe go with like a theme like that. Like maybe like go with the theme of green with maybe like a silver, like a chrome silver uh, helmet or something like that or pants to make it look like, you know, like a, like a jet on the runway or something like that. That might be kind of dope, but yeah, I like these. I knew you're going to have the jets on here in some, some forms i know you like the jets jerseys so yeah i like these these are dope so
1: yeah i want them to go back to they they should use the jet logo yeah like that's it's a cool team name the jets um they should totally bring back that because they don't really like have a a logo it's like usually just like jets inside of a football or something right like they should go back to incorporating you know, a jet plane into it because I don't know that. Yeah. It's got pretty original team name. Um, You know, I, I don't, I didn't, I don't, I didn't really like their uniforms to be honest with you. Like from like during a lot of our childhood, like the um, you know, like through, through the Mark Sanchez years. And, you know, even earlier than that, I just never liked, like they had kind of the white shoulders. They had like a darker green with the white shoulders um, I like, like you said, like the more emerald, the brighter green, the chrome helmet. Um, so, you know, I think, I think the ones I have right now, I like a lot more than what maybe I grew up watching. But then if you go back to like the seventies, they, they look really cool. They have kind of the old font with the, uh, kind of like jet plane or like a jet image incorporated into it. Really cool back then. So I hope they bring that back. Um, I think it's, it's, it would make for a, a, a cool logo in this day and age
0: yeah I, I agree with you i think that uh maybe do something they could do something like a jet plane and then have like the smoke from the plane taking off be like a cursive jets or something that might be pretty dope oh, oh um, yeah that would be something interesting you know what i mean because the smoke when it takes off so fast that would be pretty dope i think like a cursive maybe um but yeah i agree with you i think the these ones are dope the all green ones the darker green with the with the chrome kind of helmet uh, I didn't like the. I don't like when it's one they're mostly white with a little bit of green, They're a little bit too, too plain for me, a little boring. Yeah. The kind of same thing I feel about the culture where it's just like blue and white and white and blue. It's a little bit too, too vanilla for me personally. So I like, I like these ones more, which is more of a, a solid, like, you know, cool color as opposed to white with a little bit of a, you know, a primary color and like a blue or something. So, um, and I like these, I like the newer ones that they've been wearing. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with their logo. Like I said, it's very, uh, they got a lot of possibilities, but they haven't really done much with it, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> you know, they might be uh, getting a new quarterback, this uh, free agency, and maybe want to build up some hype, you know, introduce some new logos. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, all right, homie. What's your, what's your number one? What's the cleanest green in the history of professional football? And uh, basketball.
0: Yeah. So for me, I had, to, I went with this one. I really love this one because it's so different and I haven't really seen a jersey that looks like this. So uh, I put it in there for you to see, homie. I went yeah. with the, uh, the, the Charlotte Hornets or the Hornies as we affectionately call them. I went with their, their 2020, 21 city edition jerseys, the buzz city jerseys that are the, uh, the mint green um, I, nice. I love these. These are so dope. I wish they would. I wish they would just add these permanently into their city edition jerseys or their alternates, because they're it looks so clean. It's so nice um, with like that mint green color. I haven't really seen anybody else wear something like that. Uh, at least, at least not in the in the full major sports that we have in the U.S. So, I love this one. It's very, very different to me, and it just looks. It's like it's kind of got like, like a cool. Like a cool, like, I mean, like, even not just cool, like it's dope, but cool in terms of like a, like a chill, like calming effect to it a little bit. I really like this one. So, um, it, it reminds me of like a, like a mint, like a mint chocolate chip ice cream or something like that type of color, which is, uh, it's dope. I mean, I really like these and I love the buzz city. And I mean, I mean, what else is new? I mean, the Hornets always, they always, you know, show out when it comes to jerseys. They have some of the best in, in sports, let alone the NBA
1: yeah these are so sick um everything about them yeah the the hornets just like always have the like some of the best uh uniforms like all like whether it's their alternates um i actually really don't like this year's alternates because they went like black they had just they had a lot more to work with this is probably the best this is probably the best city edition they've done though i will say do you remember when they used to do that like honeycomb purple one like that was pretty dope too yeah that one's
0: Um, dope too i mean they're almost all dope so
1: yeah but this one is awesome and i love like the gold accents like it has like gold pinstripes on it that's another thing it's a pinstripe jersey i i don't know what if, if it's just the era i grew up in i love pinstripe jerseys um for basketball i think they're so cool um, but it has that, and it has kind of like this gold tint around the collar and the and and the armholes in the jersey. so um it's just a it's just a really good and and yeah, just kind of bold black uh, numbers and lettering. Um, it's just a really awesome uh jersey um Buzz city. I like that for the hornets. Um, it's that's cool, yeah, so hopefully they' bring back some kind of iteration of this in the future. now they seem to. One of the things that kind of bums me out with the like whole new like city jersey thing is they'll they'll strike gold and then they they change it up the next year right and then you you lose it. Um, I kind of just wish they like if they found one that works for them just stick with it because like, this season we saw we went through them like clearly teams are running out of ideas for this. They should just let them mute like pick. You know, if you want to use the same one, I bet the teams would change anyway, just because they want to try to sell more jerseys and it's a marketing ploy. But, you know, um, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, that Charlotte went kind of backwards. Like this was so dope. And this season city jersey is not nearly as cool, but um, very good pick, homie. Yeah. Um, god you like sent me the link to this and i'm like damn should i buy this <laughs> like it looks so cool um like should i add this to the collection maybe i will um
0: yeah but- there was actually so uh for the people who listen to the show i like to collect like uh like bobbleheads of my favorite players or players i enjoy in nfl and, and nba and there was a limited edition um La martian or LaMelo ball one with this Jersey and it's, it's, it's God, it's kind of, it's pretty hard to find. It's kind of expensive now, which uh, I'm not willing to do it. I just, it's a hobby. I don't want to spend a lot of money. It's kind of like something yeah. look nice, but, um, I'm kind of, I didn't even know about it until like a year or two after it even came out. So I was kind of like, man, that's so dope. I wish I could have got that. So yeah, I feel you. I kind of had that, that thought too. I'm like, man, it's so dope.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Well, for, for my number one, I already hinted at this, but, um, you you already you already mentioned it homie it was your number two it's the um the i guess like late 90s early 2000s um uh, milwaukee bucks uniform um like you mentioned they used to i don't know they just used to have such a better (laughs) thing going i feel like um in milwaukee like the purple and green, like those were so sick, even, even not just this one, which is like, like you said, an alternate away Jersey, but their home jerseys at the time where these like big purple, you know, big purple jerseys um, that were just like straight purple with little green accents. Those were sweet. I, you know, the, this one is just so cool though, because it's got like, it's just got so much going on. It's got the like classic green, but then you got like the trim of the Jersey is all purple um and and like really like I don't know, would this be like a magenta purple homie? It's like you know, somewhere between a pink and a purple almost, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 definitely a bright, almost like maybe like a like a grape bubblegum type of color. Yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah. Mean? or something grape like soda, that. yeah. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. or like a grape, yeah, like a grape crush, like soda or something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so it's got that. The, the, it says bucks across the front. It's not Milwaukee, it says bucks. And it kind of like fades from, from that purple up into white. Um, and then it's just got this big buck, like, like not, and it's not like centered or anything. It's just kind of looks like it's like almost like, almost like, like spray painted on to the jersey or something. Um, but it's just a really cool, Like artwork with like the numbers got like the the purple and green um outline um it's just a really sweet uniform but yeah just all their uniforms at this time were so cool they're that they got to bring back the purple um their their current jerseys to me are just kind of boring I, i really like they're not offensive like but they are just like boring like the most interesting thing i thought they did was like they had at one point, like they were incorporating kind of these tan jer- jerseys, like tan and green. And I thought that was kind of cool looking, but like now they'll, they'll wear just like the, you know, whites with the green lettering or just the green. I just don't think they're as interesting. I feel like, you know, the bucks are, have like one of the the coolest players in the league, like one of the most famous athletes in the world. They got to, they got up their Jersey game. They got to up their, their uh, refresh, upgrade their logo, their jerseys. All of that.
0: Yeah, most stuff. I agree with you. I think that uh, because they're on national TV all the time now, because they're such a good team, I think we because we see them even more. It's kind of even more. Uh, it's even more disappointing that they'll have like a white with a little bit of green. Uh, I like their new their newer logo now with the more like aggressive looking buck. I like yeah. that one a little bit better than the older one, where it's kind of like.
1: Yeah, the logos almost,
0: true. almost literally like a deer in the headlights kind of look. And the old one, I like the newer logo there, but I wish they would go back to the purple too. Those were, those were classic. I wish I wish they'd go back to that. They wore the purple every once in a while, but uh, not enough for for our liking. Yeah, this, but yeah, yeah this is a great jersey, homie. Um, it's really tough. Yeah. Uh, the only reason why it wasn't number one for me was just because I had never really seen anything like the mint green for the Buzz City. So like the originality, like one, you know it kind of won just slightly because of that one, but I mean, they're both amazing. I could even say they're, they're almost a tie. They're so great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I will say I went kind of traditional for this one. So like I didn't, you know, I wasn't looking for like, you know, kind of blue greens or like, like I was kind of looking for like, what do I think of when I think of like Irish green. Right. Um, And so these are kind of the ones I went with. There are some really cool, cool, like more non-traditional green uniforms out there. Um, which yeah, maybe we could just do some honorable mentions. Um, but like, you know, Seattle Seahawks, they have kind of like the blue, but then they have like the, they'll, they'll, sometimes wear those like highlighter green uniforms. Um, you know, I, I really like this season, Boston Celtics, uh, classic, uh, Jersey this season, which is like a darker green with like cursive script. Um, I think it's kind of in, in honor of Bill Russell, um, the Jacksonville teal, right? Like teal, is it a blue? Is it a green? Probably can be both. Um, but yeah, that one is like, I don't know. I kind of feel I kind of don't don't think of it as a traditional green. And I know um I know we only cover pro sports on this show, but I feel like I gotta shout it out if we're talking about green uniforms. Oregon football has had got like the cool like so many iterations of cool green uniforms over the last 20 years probably because um, they got that Nike collaboration and so they get these like they basically like wear different uniforms every <laughs> every game. Um, and some of them I think are really ugly, but there are a lot of them that are really cool. So I would I would I would just shout out the Oregon Ducks. Um, they have they have some really cool green unis that they'll throw out throw out there as well. Um but yeah, any honorable mentions from you, homie?
0: yeah, all the exact same ones homie no no lie and uh if i was i was i was trying to do my best to incorporate uh the um either the the jags ones, which is a teal which is like a blue and a green yeah. or uh or the i you know how much I love these in the logo too. The uh the OG Vancouver Grizzlies, like those turquoise. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I was with you. I wanted to go more of like closer to like a Shamrock type of green, which is like mm-hmm. what more more associated with uh St. Patrick's Day. So I wanted to be more traditional. And I thought the mint green was was still, you know, it's still green. It's still pretty mm-hmm. obviously green. Whereas yeah. turquoise and teal they're actually mostly kind of a blue with green. And I wanted to be I wanted to be uh I didn't want to cheat, kinda of wanted to be more fair. But yeah. um if we ever do one for blue jerseys, I will include those for the blue ones, I guess. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's some really good ones. Um, I agree with you. I like the, I like the Boston one that they had with the uh, with the gold on there, the darker green. Those are nice. Uh-huh. Kind of wish they'd wear those all the time. I really like those. And um, I do really like the the highlighter, the color rush uh, green that the Seahawks wore as well. Those are really dope. Yeah. They really pop mm-hmm. uh, on TV, especially.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely some good ones. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously we've mentioned the Packers and the the Eagles. We do not like those uniforms maybe for reasons beyond just the colors. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's, I don't know. I feel like there should be more green uniforms. Like I feel like there's so many reds and blues. Um, there should be more green, but, um, I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll see more again. Yeah, maybe they'll bring back the Sonics, and we can get those get another green uh, uni back in the mix. But yeah, that was that was it for our clean and green, our, our top green uniforms from the NFL and the NBA of all time. Um, good good picks there, homie. We had a lot of harmony there. But now we'll we'll swing over to our next segment. We'll follow the rainbow to our next segment um, to the pot of gold. So this segment um, is credit to credit to Matt he came up with this one gold or fool's gold um, so it's basically uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna each present a couple of scenarios that may or may not happen and we each have to say whether we think that's gold as in it's going to happen or fool's gold like yeah it looks like it might happen but actually no it won't happen um, so, we um, we have basically divided this up into a, a few NFL questions because the NFL season's done now, but we wanted to include a couple NFL questions for next season um, and and more, more NBA questions um, just because we're still kind of in the thick. We're really in the thick of the playoff race here now. Um, home stretch, 20 games left or so. So we kind of did want to find a way to talk a little bit about the NBA, obviously. Um, but yeah, homie. Um, why don't you kick things off? We'll start off with some NFL uh, predictions. Uh, you 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 lead us off here.
0: Yeah. So we have a, we have a lucky seven is the number of uh, statements we're going to be making, deciding if they're fools gold or gold. So uh, we kind of went all out with all the all the cliches associated with uh, with the holiday here. So for me, uh, my my statement would be for the NFL is there will be at least two of the four teams who participated in the conference championship games this past season back again next season. And is that gold or fool's gold? And to remind uh, us and the listeners, the uh, faux teams who participated in the conference championship games in the NFL this past season were Kansas City, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, and San Francisco. So, homie, uh, next season there will be at least two of those teams back in the championship games gold or fool's gold this
1: is a really good one because this one is really hard um i am gonna say fool's gold on this one um i would not be shocked at all if cincinnati and uh kansas city made it back um but i would say yeah the On the other side in the NFC, the Eagles are going to see a lot of turnover on their defense this offseason. They've got a lot of free agents. Um, They're probably going to hand out a pretty big contract to, um, you know, Jalen Hurts, deservedly so, um, which will, I think, limit how much they can replace those folks um, who, who might end up leaving. But maybe not. Maybe they could re sign him. Um, but, you know, I don't think they're necessarily a lock to be back in the NFC championship. The same thing with the Niners, just too much mystery around the quarterbacks. They're both hurt. Uh, the reports are that Lance should be able to um, participate in the first kind of team workouts, which is great. Um, I think Purdy is going to take longer to get back, but. I just, I don't know. I could see like a quarterback quarterback controversy there or just like neither of them being particularly healthy. I also think, yeah, we could see, I don't know. You could see, you know, the the thing, the thing that's hard is like, I don't see a ton of teams in the NFC necessarily that can be better than those two. Like, I don't feel like the Rams are going to be all that good. I don't feel like yeah like the cowboys will probably be the same as they are every year like they'll make the playoffs and <laughs> lose um you know so i don't know in the afc i just wouldn't be surprised if like the chargers or the bills like or even i don't know like depending on what the raiders do at quarterback like can can you know make their way into a championship game as well so um, I, t- I i i should have probably looked at the history and seen how often it is that there's two out of four making it the next season but i don't know something in my gut this one just tells me no, nah, like it'll it'll be it'll be different next year um so i went with i went with fool's gold for this one but uh what are, what are your
0: thoughts to be real with you i hope you're right homie because to keep it real with you and the listeners' it's getting a little bit um redundant. For me, seeing a lot of these same teams uh, over, you know, in the championship games in the Super Bowl, it's getting a little boring to me. Uh, I like I like to see you know teams that either never been there before or teams that haven't been there in a long time, or you know, just something fresh to keep it fresh. It's kind of like um, when hoops, you know, we love hoops, but when it was always you know Cleveland Golden State, Cleveland Golden State for so many years, it got yeah. a little stale for me. And that's and we love hoops, so I could just imagine if you're somebody who's like, well, the game's on, I'll watch it. Let me put it on. You know what I mean? I could just imagine if there's all oh, this per this team's in there again. You know what I mean? So hopefully there is some, some, uh, some new teams representing there, but uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to say gold. And I'm going to go gold because um, uh, like you said, you made some really good points I mean, and I agree with you, but also uh, Kansas city has been there five years in a row. Yeah. and I can't really see that. It, it doesn't matter. You know, they could, be, they could be the seven seed, and for some reason, they'll just find a way. They always find a way. I don't know what it is with this team. They, I mean, they're a good team, but they just always find a way to get to the championship game. They don't always win it, but uh, they're, they're always in it. So, um, I mean, it's kind of hard for me to think, given the season where I didn't think they were even going to make it out of the round two, that they they went all the way. So, I mean, it's kind of hard for me with five in a row until I see them not in it. Um, uh, I'm going to have to say gold for, I'm going to say they're going to probably going to be in it again, which, um, like I said, hopefully there's some new teams there, but five in a row is extremely impressive. And then, especially in today's NFL, where there's, it's hard to even, you know, go to -to back-to-back Super Bowls, let alone, you know, championship games, five in a row. It's very impressive. So there's that. And then, um, the Niners have been in the last two. And I think they're still going to be one of the best teams in the conference, at least the top two team in the conference, you know, record-wise or whatever you want to say. Um, and the NFC is not that deep to me. Yeah. And I think because of that, they have a really good chance of making it back. Um, and I think despite who's the quarterback, even though I personally think it should be Trey Lance if he's healthy, I think he's a much higher upside than Brock Purdy will ever be. Even though Purdy's a nice backup, I don't think he'll ever be uh, can reach the level that Trey Lance can reach when he when he's you know clicking all cylinders and healthy and comfortable in the offense. But um, I, and because of that, and I mean, and Shanahan is always he's kind of always there sticking around deep in the playoffs, regardless of what's happening with the quarterback position. So I'm going to say I'm going to say gold. I think those are the, if I had to pick those two teams, I would say yeah. The other ones, I don't know uh, what's going to happen with that. It's kind of up in the air. But uh, I'm going to say gold is based on previous history.
1: Yeah, I mean, and very feasible that Cincinnati and Philly can make it back. I mean, those teams are not going to fall off a cliff. Um, I mean, I hope <laughs> I hope Philly does, but they're not going to. They, they have a good they have a good really good young offensive talent on that team. They'll they'll continue to be good. Um, I think even if they do have some turnover on the defense and same thing with Cincinnati, they just you got Joe Burrow. Like they're gonna continue to invest in this team. They're not gonna cut any corners. They feel like they could win a Super Bowl. Um, they've come pretty close last last two years. So um, yeah, that was it. Was that was a really hard one? You know, to be honest, um, it was. I was like, yeah, like I don't know, like. But I, I kind of hope it's different, just because, like you said, it does start to get a little stale. Um, but. Yeah, like I just don't know. I can't see the team that's gonna jump at any one of these teams next season. Maybe Buffalo, you know, breaks through and makes it to the to the Super Bowl, but other than them, there's not really a ton of great options. So I feel you there, homie.
0: Yeah, and not to shortchange the Bengals. The Bengals have been to back to back championship mm-hmm. games, too. I didn't mention that I mentioned the Niners, but uh, yeah. yeah, so we've had three of the full teams that were in there last year. Had yep. been to minimum two consecutive conference championship games, which I said, like I said, mm-hmm. for me personally, as, as somebody who, who, who you know, talks about the sport and we love the sport and everything, it gets a little stale for me. So I'm hoping there's something, something new. Especially a team, like I said, hasn't really been there very often or even ever, uh, would be a lot of fun. So um, we'll see what happens. But uh, okay. let's get your, uh, what is your Pigskin uh, statement here for us to? Uh, to either decide if it's gold or fool's gold
1: yeah homie um so i hope you like this one this one i was kind of proud of to be to be honest um so this here's here's my prediction by the start of the next nfl season there will be five players with an annual salary of 50 million dollars or more and just to give the listeners and you some context Right now, there's only one player who has an annual salary north of 50, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Um, Russell Wilson is the next, like, 48. But there are four young, very good quarterbacks up for extensions, who are extension eligible. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, and Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson was just franchise-tagged. But that does not mean they can't come up with a long-term deal. and in, in fact, it's in the Ravens' best interest to come up with a long-term deal. Not to sway you one way or the other, but I just want to make sure the listeners had all the context. Like um, there's going to be, I think, some big contracts signed this summer um, or this offseason, I guess. Um, so yeah, will we have five, at least five players um, who... Make fifty million a year or more annually uh, by the start of next season.
0: Oh man, great question, homie, and it kind of teases uh, something that we're going to talk about later in the show. Uh, something that I, I want to talk about, but uh, won't give that away. I'm gonna I'm gonna go fool's gold. I'm gonna go fool's gold because I, I just teams are so reluctant to give big contracts and give high, you know, AAVs or annual, you know, average annual value. Uh, To these to these players that they're going to be the Cincinnati might, you know, go to Joe Burrow and say we want to give you, you know, give us a team friendly deal because we got to sign Jamar Chase and all that. I mean, we're billionaires. We we can pretty much print money, but we want you to give us last because of salary cap, all this other nonsense. So I'm going to say they're going to one of these teams and we know the Chargers. The Chargers are cheap. The Bengals are a cheap team. The Ravens. I mean, who knows what's going on there? It's been a disaster off season for them and a multitude of ways. And then um I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean the Eagles should take care of Jalen Hurts. I don't see why you wouldn't. He did he didn't really do anything that wouldn't make you want to to pay him a lot. He was hurt and he still just went out there and balled out and played his heart out. So I don't really know why you wouldn't commit to him, you know, financially, but it's the NFL. I mean that's pretty much all I can say. It's the NFL. The way things the way business is done in the NFL, I I hate it. Um, for a lot of reasons and we'll talk about that later but uh I'm gonna go full as gold homie I think they're not gonna I think the owners don't want five players uh making 50 million a year or more because for a lot of reasons but mostly because they're cheap uh, on the whole that's just the way it is just gonna keep it you know keep it eight more than 92 on the show here so I'm gonna say full is gold but your thoughts
1: yeah, I mean, um, I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm I'm going fool's gold here. Um and and yeah, it's it's probably the Lamar Jackson thing holding me up. I I would feel pretty confident about Herbert and Burrow getting that money um just because I those teams, you're right, like the chargers especially have been a cheap ass team since as long as i can remember which is ridiculous you're in freaking la you're in one of the biggest markets in in the in the world you know in terms of of viewership so um that's that that's just stupid but that's just that's how that team has kind of run and you've seen we've seen what success that's brought them so whatever um but in terms of the Bengals, um they really haven't ever i feel like spent that money on a quarterback i also don't think they've ever had a quarterback quite like joe burrow um and i feel like he turned that team around so quickly they're gonna they're gonna invest even with philly i think hurts i think they're they're bought in on him um and they feel like they're ready to win now and so i don't think they're gonna be willing to risk losing him so those three players, I can all see cracking that, that, and, and what we, what we should say is that if for people who are like 50 million a year, that's insane. Only like a few people, well, Daniel Jones is going to be making $40 million a year. He's maybe a top, he's a top 10, top 15 quarterback, but he's average. Let's be honest. Derek Carr, who's borderline top 10, um, is making, you know, North of 40 a year, um, And then Geno Smith, who (laughs) I don't even know if he's borderline. You know, he had had one good season out of eight in the NFL. Um, And he's making, you know, 35, 40 a year. So if you think about young players who are younger, have accomplished more, um, clearly are like superstar potential players. Um, You know, I just think it's it's they're going to they're going to invest there. Lamar's the thing that hangs me up like, cause the Ravens have just been beating around the bush for two years here. And it doesn't seem like they're going to find a middle ground. Now. I think, you know, I, I wouldn't, we'll, we'll talk about this more later, but, um, you know, I think, I think there's, there's a, a combination of things happening in that situation that have me doubt it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's fool's gold. Uh, you know, the other thing maybe we need to mention is uh, Aaron Rodgers might wake up one day and decide he's going to retire, right? And not collect his fifty million. You know, he might go in a dark dark room retreat or go do ayahuasca and vietnam or something and come back and be like i actually want to be a yoga instructor um you know or something like that so you know that's also in there so i considered all of those things and ultimately i was like yeah, fool's gold but we'll see i I, it wouldn't be a complete shock if that happened to me which is why i thought it was a pretty good pretty good one for this uh for this exercise
0: yeah it's a it's a good one homie It, it really is and uh and to be clear, do I want it to happen? Most of I do. I think football players should be paid significantly more than they're paid. Um, I, I think it's it's kind of a shame how some of these some of these players are paid given the risks of the job. So I want it to happen. I'm never going to be like we said on the show. I've, I've lost count, Pat, how many times we've said this, but uh, we're never, almost never, going to be on the side of of feeling sorry for billionaires having to pay players. A lot of money. I'm I'm sorry to tell you. In Hell a league, no, in a league where you could go 0 17 every year for 20 years and still make a profit, I will never ever feel sorry for you. And we know that's the truth. You could you could lose for 20 seasons in a row. You could not win a game, and you're still going to turn a profit at the end of the year because that's the NFL. Because hashtag NFL. That's just the way it is. Nah. And I'm never going to feel sorry for billionaires not wanting to spend money. And yeah. uh, this is the first the thing that I thought about when you're talking about the Chargers was. <laughs> they they don't even pay like they split rent, they're a roommate in their stadium, they <laughs> split the bills. Oh, you know yeah, I mean? and they still they, don't spend no money. The Giants but...
1: split the bills too. And the
0: Giants split <laughs> the bills too. Yeah, but the Giants spend money.
1: Yeah, that's the true. The Jets,
0: yeah. the Jets will spend money. They've spent money. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's they, true. They're not cheap. Like the Chargers, like they don't spend money and they split the bills. They're roommates. You know, I maybe mean? they yeah. got a roommate living <laughs> upstairs. <laughs> or whatever yeah this is ridiculous yeah. so it's it's kind of it makes it even more crazy to me though.
1: So. yeah and they and they still won't. you know they got they got roommates paying rent and they still won't like you know they'll only only take uh buy the discount items at the grocery store you know exactly like. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so i mean yeah. it's, it's
0: it's whatever that's that's why they haven't been good that's why they haven't you know made a super bowl in forever yeah <laughs>
1: A weird thing I was thinking about with this—it's like fifty million dollars a year. I mean, that's a lot, you know, in any league. But I was—I was kind of just chuckling, being like, "Well, Bradley Beal makes fifty million dollars a year, and he's like the twenty-third best player in the NBA, you know? Like, and I—I I, I thought it was funny because it would be the equivalent of like—I don't know, like Kirk Cousins <laughs> making you know fifty-plus million dollars a year with it. Who knows? You know, the way things are going, like maybe that will happen. But um, it, it's 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 also weird, you know, in the sports, like the best players aren't necessarily making the most money. It's all about when you become a free agent, you know. And so Patrick, my people, I've heard this all this week with the Daniel Jones contract news. Well, Patrick Mahomes only makes 44. It's, yeah, well, Patrick Mahomes signed his extension two years ago. The market was different then. And, you know, he, if he signed again today, he, they'd probably sign him for 60 million a year, you know? <laughs> so it, it, it also depends on the market. It's not like Brad, Brad Beal deserves to be making more than Giannis. It's just the way it worked out um, with the timing he, he is. Um, so it, it comes down to that a lot of times too, which is just a weird, you know, it's just a weird part of this, the business of sports contracts. I feel like, like that, that it's not reviewed every year. It's like, no, you just have to hope the league's in a good place when you're a free agent. And there's, you know, a scarcity at your position. There's so many factors into it. It's, it's, it's really kind of, kind of crazy. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. It's like you said, it's all about, um, you know, kind of like next person up in terms of getting paid and just whoever makes the most doesn't have to be the best player. And it's kind of like, it. It's, it's the cost of doing business is what I always say. Like a lot of people kind of went crazy about the Kyler Murray deal. And I said, hey, that's that's the cost of doing business. Do do you know, you can say you don't think he's worth it, but it's like, you know, what are you gonna do? Like go on the draft and get something unproven, or you're gonna take something where you already know what type of player that he is. It's all about proven and unproven commodities. Like it's almost like, do I wanna take something a sure thing in terms of I know the type of player that he is already, or do I want to do, you know. Essentially, you get a scratch-off lottery ticket in the draft and hope that I scratch off three of the same symbol when I win, or a slot machine. You no know, pull the pull the lever on a slot machine and hope that I get you know three cherries or something. That's pretty much the way it is. That's kind of the way it's it's the way it's always kind of been. And uh, it's a cost of doing business, homie. It is what it is.
1: Yeah. So that's to us. That's that's fool's gold. So. We'll see how it plays out, Um, but uh, yeah, I think a lot of things would have to go right for that to happen. That said, let's move over to the NBA, um, and we'll make some we'll make some NBA statements and do do um, fool's gold. I'll kick this one off, homie. Um, So I'm gonna start with a you know I got some pretty basic ones here, but I think they're worth talking about. So here's the first NBA statement. This year's NBA Finals will be a rematch of the 2021 NBA Finals between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. And so context for the listeners, Milwaukee Bucks are currently the best team in the NBA with the best record, uh, number one seed in the East. Phoenix Suns are not the best team in the West. They're actually only sitting at the four seed. But for those of you who don't pay attention to hoops, they went and just – Traded for one of the five or six best players in the league, depending on who you ask, um, in Kevin Durant. And so they got two uh, great scores in uh, Booker and Durant. And so I kind of feel like, in terms of odds, I I haven't checked the gambling odds, but based on what I've listened to, you know, we pay a lot of attention to, you know, we listen to the podcast, read the articles. It seems like people are kind of shooing them in as the favorite in the West now. So, um, homie gold or fool's gold we will see a rematch of the 2021 finals in this season in this uh at the end of this season
0: oh, this is such a good one guru i love this one um tough for me i'm going to stick by what i said a couple episodes ago when we we're talking about the uh the slim reaper trade to phoenix and uh i'm i'm going to say fool's gold because I had said that i would if if given the choice between phoenix to make the finals or the field i would take the field in the west But because of that i'm going to go fool's gold but i mean it's a very real possibility i think the seating is going to be really important uh this might be one of the most the last few years where seating is going to play such a huge part in who even gets to the conference finals, I think, because you could be looking at if Phoenix stays in the four five spot, you're going to be looking at Denver most likely in the second round, which is a conference finals matchup in round two. And unfortunately one of those teams is going to have to lose. So then you're going to say, okay, well we play an inferior opponent since we've knocked off the one seed, you know what I mean? In a two or a three or, or would we not? Because I think, I think we both kind of agree. If if uh, Durant was on Phoenix from the beginning of the year, and he, you know, even with his injury, I think they would probably be a top three seed. So I don't think that would be a thing. So I think it's going to come down to seeding for a lot of these. So I'm going to go fools gold, just because I think it's it. It's I'm not completely sold yet that Phoenix is going to make the finals this year. Uh, on the other side, uh, I think Milwaukee's the best team. They've kind of just been been rolling lately. I'm hoping they they continue to do so and they learned from their mistake of last year which you and I were very critical of of settling for a uh, a three seed i believe right yeah for the three seed and it came back to uh, to haunt them um in game 7 where they just kind of got blown off the floor and um i think they're going to learn from that hopefully and kind of say okay let's let's do our best to get this one seed and get home court all the way through and essentially, it should be all the way through the entire playoffs, even if they make the finals, because they'll have the best record in the league, I believe. So, I mean, if, if everything goes the way it's been going, uh, the East, the, I think the top three teams in the East all have a better record than the top team in the West, which is Denver. So um, they would have you know home court all the way through. So I'm going to say that's more likely to me. I think they're the best team currently, even though Boston is very very good. Uh, I'm going to go fools gold though.
1: I agree with you, homie. Uh, This is fool's gold for me, and you hit the nail on the head. comes down to, to me, the West and the seeding. Right now, uh, yeah, Phoenix is a four seed, and they're slated for a first-round matchup against the defending champs, Golden State Warriors. I don't know about you, homie. (laughs) My feeling is I don't really care what the Warriors' record is. I'm going to be scared shitless if my team's playing them in the playoffs any series first round second round third um they they have you know and and this is a cliche maybe to an extent but they've championship dna they've they've been through this before i they're not going to ha- they're not going to get shook in the big moments so phoenix who kind of i don't know has developed a little bit of a reputation for kind of choking you know going up 2-0 in the uh the the finals in 2021 losing to Milwaukee um completely you know blowing it in their second round series um last season against the mavs and losing on their home court in an embarrassing fashion you know kevin durant fixes a lot of those doubts for me he has been an incredible playoff performer his entire career he is uh, he outplayed lebron james at his peak in two nba finals matchups which i think goes a long way. And it's something that kind of gets brushed under the rug, to be honest with you. He, he outplayed LeBron in two straight finals series. Um, and, and really was the best team, best player on one of the best teams ever assembled in the U in, in, in the, in the NBA, um, you know, up there with, you know, those 60 Celtics nineties Bulls, you know, the eighties Lakers and Celtics. But, um, yeah. I, I just think they are going to have a tough road. I, Denver, you know, I'm a homer here, but you know, they're going to be tough to beat, especially they're going to have home, home court advantage at 5,200 feet above sea level with a really, you know, passionate home crowd. I think that's going to be a hard, and and they're um, 30 and four at home, by the way. So good luck, uh, you know, winning in Denver. Um, and yeah, I just I just think that's a tough path. And, you know, even on the Eastern Conference with Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee's the best team in the league, easily. I, I would probably pick them right now to win the championship, if I'm being honest, even though, you know, I'm a, I'm a Denver fan. Um, but there, there's a universe in which Boston, Boston is representing the Eastern Conference too. Um, I probably wouldn't pick that to happen right now because I think these teams are trending a little bit in opposite directions. Um, with Milwaukee um, on a really, really nice tear right now. Um, and Boston has kind of struggled a little bit the last 10 games. They're 500, they're five and five. They lost two two to the Knicks, one to the Nets. So, um, but, you know, they also have that pedigree in, in the playoffs. I'm not going to write them off. So, you know, I just think there's too many variables in the West when it comes to seeding. In the east, I think, you know, Milwaukee's gonna have a tough challenge by Boston, uh, maybe by Philly, um, you know, regardless of what happens. Um, and so yeah, I, I feel like a little bit of a negative Nancy here. Like I'm ruining the fun. I've gone full fool, fool's gold for uh for all three of our, our uh statements here. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'll switch that up um on this one. So yeah, homie, why don't you why don't you give us or any final thoughts, I guess, on 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 the 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 NBA Finals and who we'll see.
0: Yeah, you brought up a good point too about the East the East matchup as well, um, where it's I'd say very likely it's going to be Boston Philly in round two, unless one of the teams completely collapses yeah. in round one. Yeah. Which once again is the conference finals matchup, kinda in round two. Which I mean, I'm really looking forward to these playoffs so far. It's gonna Me be too. really <laughs> exciting. We're gonna have like, like I said, conference finals quality matchups in like round two, or even round or, or or one. Or if it's Phoenix, Golden State. I yeah. mean, if you're Phoenix, like we went through all this, we traded for Durant, we got a team that we think could win the title, and uh, here comes Golden State yeah. <laughs> in round one. Think, okay, so we got we got Golden State in round one, round two we probably got Denver most likely. I would say. And then, you know, maybe we'll have, I don't know, whoever, another team, you know, insert a team. There's so many good teams. So, I mean, that's going to be a really tough road. So same thing for Boston, too. I think I think uh, especially in the East, getting the one seed is going to be uh, extremely important. And I think Milwaukee kind of realizes that. That's why they've been kind of I mean, – they went on a huge win streak. They're feeling good right now. I think they need to keep their foot on the gas and secure that one seed because you do not want to have to play – uh, a boston or a philly who i think are the other are the those are top three teams to me in the in the east They're milwaukee philly boston and whatever order you want to put them in um you want to avoid that into a conference final because you want to you know kind of um, you know build up momentum when you're in the playoffs and say okay here's system for everything let's do it so that's a good point point. and like you said homie with with golden state um i agree with you i think uh doesn't matter, even though they've they've kind of to me they've been kinda of stunk. They stunk this year so far, even though they're a five seed yeah. currently. Yeah, it doesn't feel boring. like a five seed. It feels like they're like an eight, nine, ten. Like they're barely like they're limping into the playoffs to me. I mean, I know Stevie Curry came back and he's been great, Because, like, I mean he always is basically, but uh I wouldn't want to play him. All it takes is for him to get hot for a week and you're you're at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I mean you're you're sitting at home and he's in the next round. So he just can go off, and you know we know Clay Pigeon can go off if he needs to. So it's a team that you I would not want to play, uh, especially in round one if I have title hopes. So I mean we'll see what happens with that. But for my um, my NBA statement here, so um, I'll kind of I'll kind of go with 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 this one, homie. It's it's similar to yours a little bit, but it's I kind of want to keep this this thought process going. So we're talking about the playoffs itself. Mm-hmm. So mine is. Uh, if Nick the pick, if Nikola Jokic wins his third straight MVP award at the end of the season, and the Nuggets don't reach the NBA Finals this postseason, the season will be considered a failure. Gold or fool's gold?
1: Gold. That that one is not even even really a thought to me. Uh, this season's this season will be a failure if we don't if they don't see playoff success. Um, it's it's been building to this for for four years, right? First, the Nuggets were on the precipice of making the playoffs uh, two years in a row, where they um, finished ninth in the West. One of which they they literally lost on the last game of the season to get, be kept out of the playoffs. Then they kind of snuck in, um, and you know they've won they won play uh, one round in three of the last four playoffs, but have ultimately not gotten over the hump. Um, They've actually lost the last three years to the team representing the West in the finals. They lost the Lakers um, when they won in 2020, they lost the Phoenix suns uh, when they made the finals in 2021. And last year they won to the championship golden state warriors. So um, they have not been able to get over the hump. They, they, they need to, they need to. Um, And I think, you know, Jokic, I think if he wins it, he'll have deserved it. I don't think, you know, I think there's a healthy debate around the MVP award. Um, but the Nuggets have to have to be have to have their eyes on the prize here in in winning a title. I think anything less than a finals appearance would be an abject failure. And I think, in my opinion, you gotta start thinking about making a coaching change at this point. You can't, you can't let you can't just kind of, we've seen this happen with teams where they, they always top out in the same place year after year after year. Some teams that come to mind to me, um, early two thousands uh, clippers, uh, you know, with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, Deandre Jordan just could never get over the hump. Um, those teams in hindsight are still really disappointing. Um thinking about the Toronto Raptors or what could have been the Toronto Raptors. They made the coaching change, made the big trade and that's what moved them over the hump. So to me, if you're Denver and you've, you know, you didn't make it to the second round last year, but your second and third best players were hurt. You were trying to run out. (laughs) Let's, let's be honest. You were trying to run out. Will Barton and Monte Morris against Steph Curry and Jordan pool. That was never going to go well. So, You know, the other years they have gotten to the second round, they need to win the West um, in order for this season to be considered considered a success, regardless or not, of whether Jokic wins MVP. Um, I certainly think he has a case as the best uh, regular season player this year. I mean, he's averaging a triple double. Last time that happened was Russell Westbrook and. His team won 48 games. Uh, the the Nuggets are significantly better than that OKC team, and he's doing it with much better efficiency uh, than Russell Westbrook was that year. So, um, you know, there's precedent, um, but he's got some challengers this year. Uh, I'm not gonna not gonna write that off either. But I'm going I'm going gold. Um, this season will be a disaster um, if if they don't make the finals and 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 it'll be a disappointment if they don't win um so that's just that's just kind of i think the mindset right now
0: yeah i feel you homie uh i'm I'm also going to go gold on this as well i think you can't really expect your best player to have the three to have the three best seasons of his career consecutively and not at the very minimum reach the finals i mean i don't really know what else you really want and this is of course all given you know health the teams are healthy all the way through this is not you know what things that could happen unfortunate things that could happen this is like if they're healthy um they 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 need to i think they're kind of been they were there early they kind of they overachieved in the bubble i think because the clippers just fell apart they overachieved there and then we uh last year i mean they just weren't they weren't uh good enough they didn't have enough help they didn't have enough help there's two best the second and third best players in the team were hurt and you, you saw that because he, he just didn't have enough help and then this year this is the best team i think this is the best team he's ever played on uh that yoke has ever had i think this is i think this is the best team that denver's ever had honestly to me i know yeah. some of those uh carmelo anthony teams were pretty good when he had mr big shot and things like that those were some good teams they made a conference finals if you remember um, you know way back when that was a good team But this I think this is the best team denver's ever had the Nuggets have ever had so I mean And uh, I mean uh mpj looked good so far. He's been he's definitely been yeah. lighting it up especially from offense his defense is Not as terrible as it used to be. It's 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 getting close to to serviceable at this point He still needs to work <laughs> on it. Yeah, but uh, I mean and murray's murray's looked solid I mean, he's had some some off night shooting, but for the most part he looks to be getting to the, the Murray that we saw, you know, in the bubble, which was like, you know, all-star caliber player. Uh, and I think if, if they can have that and with the additions that they've made, uh, I think Calvin Boots done a great job with this team and uh, kind of finding pieces and and making this team uh, good, even with the, the Reggie Jackson addition, which will, will, might not look so great in the regular season, but when it comes playoff time, uh, Murray needs some rest, but we still need some buckets or we need to kind of tread water and, and keep the pace up. Uh, a guy like Mr. June Rich Jackson, is gonna be a uh, really, really beneficial for them. And um, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, like I said, you can't expect to have your your best player have the three best seasons of his life, and you can't even make a finals. I just don't see that., uh, so I'm gonna say, yeah, it would be it's gold. it would be a failure. and I agree with you, homie. I think um I think if if they don't uh, make a finals, I think i would I would think about making a coaching change as well. Uh, I, I mean I think if they don't even make a conference finals, I think that Malone is gone. It's a guarantee he's gone. There's just no way. I, I don't think you can sell your fan base on we were the number one seed by you know five games easily all year long. And you can't sell me, we're gonna bring back the same coaching staff. You just can't do it. So I'm gonna say, yeah, it's it's gold. Um it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be really hard. Like I said, round two could be, you know, a round three type of scenario. But um uh, maybe the conference finals might be a different – maybe a, I don't want to say easier, but it could be maybe a more favorable matchup. I mean, we'll see. It all comes down to seeding. But you you got to get it done. I mean, I don't know how, many, how much more you could want from this team in a in a very winnable West. I mean, the West is not as dominant as it had been in years previous. I think it's very winnable this year, and a lot of teams could, could do that. So I'm going to say gold as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, it just – yeah – Jokic if if they didn't win this year or win with him he, he'd go down as one of the best players to never win a title you know like we'd be thinking about you know this team maybe the way we thought about Charles Barkley on that Suns team or Malone and Stockton on that the Jazz team just you know really good teams that just couldn't get over the hump um or yeah I don't know even like yeah i don't know. chris paul right like chris paul and those clippers teams they just couldn't get over it so um yeah they gotta win they gotta make significant you know gotta show that they're gonna you know get further this year than they have in years past at the very least um for for fans like myself to not feel disappointed for sure um all right. Here's another fun one. I'm, I'm proud of this one, homie. Um, and I'm, I'm very curious to hear your, your answer on this statement. Um, so statement, uh, a gold or fool's gold, the Knicks and the Kings will both win a playoff series this postseason.
0: Oh man, this is great. You're the, you're, you're really, you're really showing off that, uh, that hoops guru status here, homie. This is a great one. I love this one. Um, it, it, it all comes down to matchup again to me. Um, the Kings, I, I think the Kings kind of have a, kind of, ha- kind of have a, a, a clearer path to the two seed, which is kind of unthinkable. If you would have told Kings fans, uh, your team's going to finish the end of the year as a, as a two seed in the West, they would have been, you know, they probably would have threw a parade. <laughs> they might, they still might throw a parade for finishing as the two seed. You know what I mean? Because they haven't made the playoffs in, in, over a decade it's been they had yeah. the longest playoff drought of any uh, nba team of not making i think any playoffs.
1: any, think any, any, any at professional this point, any at professional four big four sports teams i want to say it's uh, 16
0: years i think is the number so yeah uh, it, it's a right. long time um yeah. and they had the second longest uh drought of not winning a playoff series so that's there's that and then the Knicks—they're looking at—they're in like the five spot right now. So they're four or five. If everything was to stay the same, would be Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's a really good team. Um, I think home court's gonna is gonna be huge in that game. I mean in that in that series. Excuse me. And um, oh, it's so tough, homie. I, I think if the Kings are a two or a three seed, they should be able to beat a team that was a seven or a six or a seven i would hope i mean it all depends on who it is it could be the clippers which would not be fun for them to play like a healthy you know leonard and george in round one it could it could be you know um hard for them to do that or it could also be for the Knicks, like i said playing cleveland which is it's a team that's just so deep in terms of their starting five is just one of the best in the league even given their their you know their their, their wing depth is not as good as i think it it should be or could be but everything else is pretty solid all the way around so oh man i I'm, I'm gonna have to go i'm gonna say as it currently sits now i'm gonna go i'm gonna say i'm gonna go gold i'm gonna go with with hard overhead here because that's what i would like to see the team that hasn't hasn't uh Made the playoffs in you know 16 years and the Knicks win a playoff series for the first time and it feels like hundred years. <laughs> it feels like it hasn't been that long, but it feels like it's been that long. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say gold, a very tentative gold at this point. That's because this is because I will put this caveat. I think the Knicks are if they continue the way they've been playing, I think they're gonna hit the they're gonna get that faux seed. They're gonna have home court in round one. I think home court in round one is going to be huge. The Garden is going to be going crazy. I think now that we have a true point guard in Jalen Brunson, who's been playing the best season of his career, I think that's going to be beneficial. That's what they did not have last time when they played the Hawks. So I'm going to say if the Knicks get home court in round one, gold. If they don't, I'm going to say fool's gold on this. Could be cheating. My bad. But that, that's that's my thoughts. Your thoughts, Guru?
1: Yeah, I mean, the reason I thought this one was so good was because, like, I'm still kind of debating it in my head, you know? Um, I think ultimately, though, I have to go fool's gold here just because of the variable. Like, the Knicks could beat Cleveland in a a first-round series. Cleveland could beat the Knicks in the first-round series. To me, that is a very competitive series. I would be surprised if it went less than six games
0: um that's I a think, seven gamer to me That's a seven game yep. series
1: yep they they, they are just very I think well matched teams you got Mitchell versus Brunson uh you got the defensive um you know you know centers in in Jared Allen and Mitchell Robinson you got Mobley covering Julius Randall you know there it'll be a good matchup for sure but it would be a toss-up to me I want to Think the Knicks would win it, but again, if Cleveland has home court advantage, they get some big Donovan Mitchell games. Um, if if Mobley and um, and Allen really just shut the paint off, that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough series, you know. So that one is is a toss up. I, I'm with you. I, you know, I really think the the Kings have a better chance of winning a first round series, especially if they're going to be in the two or three seed when the season ends right now, they're sitting in the two seed um, because of a tiebreaker with Memphis. And I'll just be honest. I don't feel like Memphis is going in the right direction. (laughs) These last 20 games, Um, they would match up with Dallas in the first round. That would just be a, every game is going to be like 150 to 144. That would just be an all offense series. It's like, who's going to win out there. Um, They could match up with the Clippers. That would be a tough series, but you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm not all that convinced by the Clippers right now that they're going to do anything this postseason. Uh, They haven't really shown that, really. Um, But yeah, even if they drop down to three, like right now they'd be matched up with Minnesota. Obviously, if they drew Golden State in the first round, (laughs) I think that would be a big difference maker. But surprisingly or not, I think the Knicks have more to worry about in round one than the Kings do right now. Um, and that's just, that's just a, a, really a testament to the excellent season they've had. And I, I would say Mike Brown's got to be really high up on coach of the year ballots right now, because um, this is, this is a hell of a season for the Kings. They've already passed their preseason win project, project projected win total, which was like, I think 36 or 37 or something. They're they're at 38 wins. So, you know, they look like a great team. They're performing really well in the in, in the clutch, um, and yeah, I just kind of want to throw this one out there because two 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 historically uh, really bad franchises. At least if we're talking post, let's say two thousand five, both of these franchises have been a disaster. Um, but they both have really passionate fan bases, and I think you know are having really good seasons. Um, regardless of where they're seated in their respective conferences. So um, I think, you know, hopefully each team can go out there and win a playoff series, but right now I'd have to pick the field over seeing both Knicks and Sacramento move on. Um, It's obviously going to be matchup dependent, but I just think, you know, I can see scenarios pretty realistic scenarios in which both teams lose in the first round. So, um i'm gonna go fool's gold on this one any thoughts on that
0: yeah so i think we're we're pretty much we're very similar in that um like i said I, I would go gold if if the kings are the two seed and the knicks have home court in round one then i'm gonna say gold because i think that the home court is going to be huge for for both teams i think uh uh sacramento it's it's been more uh, uh, apparent this year because the Kings are, are, been really good this year. Uh, that their home court's one of the best in the NBA. I think a really passionate fan base. I'm glad that they, they're getting the, they're getting that, that national attention like they've, they've, uh, they've earned it. And I think obviously everybody knows Madison Square Gardens, you know, one of the most iconic places to play in the world. So I think that, of course, that fan base is going to be, you know, uh, dying for a winner. So I, I think there's, there's that as well. So I think home court's going to be huge. So with that, I would go gold, but and if not, if one of if both of those don't happen for me, I would go fool's gold. So I think we're on the same the same uh, the same trajectory here, homie, in terms of our thinking. But uh, that's a really good question. Uh, it's, I'm going to be uh, fascinated to see like when we get to round two, how this played out.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's it, like you said, it's gearing up to be a really really entertaining playoffs already um i'm just i can't wait but you know there there's always movement in in the seating in these last 20 games like a lot can change i mean teams can go from six to three and drop out of the play in or rise up real fast so it's 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 really hard to project uh you know where teams are going to be seated which i think um we've kind of pointed out here but um i'm really yeah just really locked in for these last 20 games and You know really excited for the play-in and and everything so um for sure but yeah what is your next uh nba statement here homie
0: yeah there exists a world where the kings could be in the conference finals that would be that would be crazy
1: yep i know um
0: so for my next one it's uh it's about scoring so uh, there are currently six players averaging over 30 points per game this season Uh, We will continue to see at least three players every year manage 30 points per game going forward. So I'm going to give a little bit of context here and name the six players who are averaging over 30 this uh, season. This is not rounding up. This is actually 30.0 or higher. So the six players averaging over 30 points per game currently are uh, Joel Embiid and Luka Doncic are both tied at 33.3 points per game. Under them at 32.4 is Damian Lillard. In the uh, At foe is Yannis uh, Antetokounmpo is at 31.2. He's tied with uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And then lastly is Jason Tatum at 30.3. Now right underneath him is the basketball baron, LeBron James, is at 29.5. And then the next uh, three closest are Donovan Mitchell at 27.6. Kyrie Irving at 27.2, and uh, Demetrius Jamel Morant at 27.1. So those are our. That's kind of rounding out our uh, our top ten of the scores. So there's six currently. Uh, We don't know if if James is going to play again this year. It's kind of up in the air. We don't really know what's happening with that. But if he does play again, uh, if he qualifies, it's a pretty good chance he he might average over 30. We'll see. And Mitchell, I'm actually, I was actually kind of surprised Mitchell wasn't averaging more in the 29 range, because especially considering he a 71-point game, he's had 40-point games, a few of those. He just Every time it just seems like he's always scoring. So I was kind of surprised that it wasn't higher than that. So, yeah, homie, I will, uh, I'll I read the question again. Uh, there are currently six players averaging only 30 points per game this season. We will continue to see at least three players every year manage 30 points per game going forward. Gold or full gold?
1: So I might have to caveat this a bit, but to put it simply, I think gold. Um, I think the game has now evolved to such a point where with, with the way defense is called, um, with the spacing on the floor that allows guys to more and more, you know, play one-on-one basketball and not get double teamed um i think this is a trend that's going to continue um you know it it, it's it's you know when when we had like you know seven or eight guys at the beginning of the season scoring in the 30s i feel like the the commentary i heard most often was like well this won't last until the end of the season it's like lo and behold we got 20 games left we're gonna finish with four 30 point scores or higher um And, yeah, I just think this is the way the game is trending. Um, I think you're going to see more and more pace in space ball. Um, I think unless the season is shortened, you're going to see a lot of guys taking defense not so seriously out there and maybe conserving some energy and not really going all out. Um, We're going to continue to see, you know, teams rest players um, who – you know, could maybe slow down another player, stop another player, but also that limits the number of games they play. And so if they're, you know, it's easier to, to average 30 and 60 games than it is in 80, you know, it just is. So um, I'm going with gold. Now the caveat here is if the NBA implements some kind of significant rule change or change the way the game's officiated which wouldn't really surprise me um, just because I could see there us hitting a point with this where it's like, it's gone too far. Like where 40 point games are seen as average and normal and, you know, there's just no defense being played and they have to, you know, like basically like, it's kind of like watching the Harlem Globetrotters, right? Like when they play the Washington generals, like they just did whatever they wanted. Um, That's not entertaining. I mean, it's entertaining when the Globetrotters do it and they're doing all that, like the cool tricks and stuff, but it's not entertaining when a professional team that's supposed to be winning basketball um, is, it's given up 170 points in a game. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they implement some kind of change, but for now, um for the foreseeable future i could totally see a world in which we've got three four five six seven people averaging 30 points a game and i mean i don't want to like chalk this all up to to you know pace and and the three-point shot and everything and and the way the game's called it's also there's just an incredible amount of talent in the league more than there's ever been at any point in nba history and you know, when you got more talented guys um especially more talented offensive players you're just gonna see more and more elite scorers you know on a bunch of different teams like you know everyone from shea gilgis alexander on kind of a a middling okc team you know from to to you know onto the kumpo on the best team in the league um you know and Know Mitchell and Doncic, who are you know, Mitchell, I guess, isn't 30 points a game, but Doncic uh, and uh, and Embiid, who are you know, competitive teams. So I just think we're going to continue to see this um, unless the NBA implements some kind of a change. Um, Just the way the game's played, the way players are able to rest back to backs, don't have to deal with fatigue, like you know, even. Even you, if you just think about that, right, like a player is more likely to have a dud night if they're coming off 40 minutes the night before. And so maybe they had a great game that night, but, you know, they've got no legs and, you know, their shots off and they shoot 40 percent. And, you know, they only crack, you know, 18 points that game. You know, there, there's just a lot of a lot of ways um, that the modern era of basketball is is kind of moving this along and yeah, I just I just don't see that changing unless significant, you know, policy and rule changes are implemented. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on on this, homie?
0: Yeah, I'm also going gold here too, guru. And I agree with you. If we're if we have the same rules that we currently have, there's no changes, major changes. I'm gonna say gold, and I, I agree with you also that I don't think it's only because of the three ball. And the the more um, more of an emphasis on offense over defense when players are coming up and and practicing and you know kind of like fine tuning their skills. I don't think that's the only reason. I think I think a big reason for me is that players are just able to score in a, in so many more ways than they had p- previously. That there's you know they could you know they could be you know a slashing type. They can be a shooter. It, it was it was almost like okay you're a slasher you're a shooter. You know what I mean? You're good in the post. Now it's like you can be all three of those things plus more. Uh, and uh, and you know, there's so many ways that these players can score now. They're just so skilled that it's, it's it seems to me it's an inevitability that three that we would have at least three every single year going forward with the current uh, the way the rules are are in place. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on this one. I think it's gold. I, I think it's gonna continue to happen, and I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh, we have more at the end of the year than the current six that we have. I mean there could be at least one or I'd say at least one or two more is very possible. Uh if, if somebody goes on a tear for the last you know few weeks of the season and gets that that average up there. And um I think there's there's a very real possibility in the future that we could have someone who averages like like 40 points a game again, which is almost insane. That's almost, that's like Will Chamberlain like type of level. You know what I mean? Where he's just averaging like 50 points a, a game because he was just so dominant, but I mean, I think it's very, it's, it's reasonable. I mean, it's, it's, it's doable. I think to have someone average 40 points a game in the future, just, just the way that these, these players, how skilled they are at this, at this point. So yeah, I'm going to go gold as well.
1: Yeah. One thing I kind of just thought of that I want to add there. um, I also think a thing that contributes to this very heavily, players have become better all around players on offense. Um, we used to have a lot of one dimensional scores in the league. I mean, I'm thinking back to when we had Tracy McGrady and Kobe and Carmelo, right? Like guys who were buckets, but I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> those guys didn't pass the ball. Um, you look at the leaders in, 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 scoring in today, and they are all above average passers, whether that's Embiid, Luka Doncic, Shea Gilders Alexander, like these guys will pick you apart if you double them. Right. And so they are making it by being less unselfish and by taking the shots that they're getting, but also passing to the open guys. They're, they're playing smart basketball, too. Right. Like they know they know, um, you know, like if I'm doubled, here's where this guy's going to be. We're going to get an easy three point corner shot. Um, so I think that has a big, big part of it, too. I do feel like there's been a shift in that. If you're just a straight scorer these days, you know you just have to be one, like the top two or three scorer. Even guys like KD, who are labeled as scorers, or Kawhi, like they average five, six assists a game. Um, Those guys know when and how to pass the ball, Um, and I just feel like a lot of the prime scorers in the past, whether that's Clyde Drexler or David Thompson or. You know, whoever, you know, they just didn't pass as much. Um, And maybe it was because the passing lanes were smaller when, you know, the three-point line wasn't there and people were stretched out. But I do feel like in order to be an elite player in this day and age, you do have to have some pretty good playmaking chops. And I think, you know, me and you were talking about our top five players in the league right now i think all of them have those playmaking chops in addition to elite scoring skills so that's just one thing i wanted to add there homie
0: yeah and then i'll just add homie one of the really uh, encouraging things if you're hoops uh, you follow hoops or you're hoops fan is that at least half of those player, half of those six players are uh, i would say personally in my opinion elite uh defenders at their positions we're talking about MB, he's one of the best defenders in the league, especially at the center position. Giannis is one defensive player of the year. He's he's um, kind of a almost a becoming a perennial all defensive type of player. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tatum, uh, Jason Tatum, I call him two way J because he's he's yep. one of the best two way players in the league. So I think the fact that that there's there's that as well. And um, I, I think SGA is kind of slept on as a defender. I don't think he's necessarily a, a great or an elite defender, but I, I definitely don't think he's uh, what you what you would assume would be like hurting you on on a guy who scores that much because he's so long. I think he's he's kind of slept on a little bit as a defender. I think he's a solid defender and he'll be fine. So I mean, I think um, with the other two guys, obviously they they're not the best defensively, but um, <laughs> I think it's promising that at least half of these players are elite defenders. I think that kind of shows like what you said, homie. These these players are just so skilled that uh, they can just do kind of everything so i mean i think that's a really positive sign especially for guys like us who, who love defense as well and we kind of kind of grew up on that that type of era it's good to see there's three um uh really uh shut down kind of defenders at their positions
1: yeah for sure <clears throat> Well, let's get into our last uh, statement here. Um, this is, this one, I think, is maybe a little basic, and we kind of hinted at this before, um, and you kind of touched upon this in one of your earlier statements, but gold or fool's gold? Nikola Jokic will be the first player since Larry Bird to win three MVP awards in a row. Uh, three consecutive MVPs, I should say. So what are your thoughts, homie?
0: Oh, Man, this is another just another great one, man. You just really you brought your A game today for your for this your namesake show. Uh, I love it. So, um, uh, and just you know, just to keep it real, uh, currently, if we were doing our, our our award show that we do every year, if we were doing it currently, uh, Jokic would be number two on my ballot for MVP. Uh, my MVP currently would be Giannis Antetokounmpo. Just given that they're the best team in the East or the best team in the league, um, they had, you know, he, even when he's, he's just been doing it on both ends of the floor and he's been doing it predominantly without their, their, I mean, it's kind of argue it's kind of almost an argument now. Who is their second best player? Is it Chris Middleton or is it Drew Holiday? Given how Holiday is, or so Brooke admirable. Lopez, and Brooke Lopez as well given how valuable Holiday is uh, on defense, but also Brooke Lopez on defense as well, it's kind of like they're almost trending towards they kind of have like a big four a little bit. You know what I mean? Not like what you would think of, you know, obviously the the Miami Heat when it was, you know, James Wade Bosch, where it's just perennial all-stars, you know, top 10, top 15 players in the league. Not that per se, but just really good all-star caliber players. Because I mean, all those players have made at least one all-star team. Um, so, I mean, I think it's trending towards that, so it's kind of an argument, who is their second-best player? Is it really Chris Middleton, or is it maybe Drew Holiday? Is it Lopez this year? I mean, we'll see. So, I mean, but even given that, when you're missing one of your, at least one of your one of your best players in the team, one of your best scorers on the team, aside from Giannis, I think the fact that they've been able to be so dominant, especially as the season goes on, usually teams kind of start off really hot, and then they can kind of fade a little bit, this team's kind of getting hot at the right time, and I think he's a, a huge catalyst for that. That's not to take away from the Bucks; um, just been been really, really good, even when Giannis has been out. Kind of, you know, he's kind of had like some foot soreness here and there. His knee, he had the problem with his wrist. He's been kind of banged up a little bit. He's missed a, a, a kind of a, I wouldn't say a, a really significant amount of games, but he's missed some games. He hasn't been as durable uh, as you'd like, and they're just kind of being cautious with that, which is fine for me. But I think when he's been out there, he's been the most dominant player in basketball on both ends of the court. And I think for me, he's been my MVP now. Now, this could easily change, you know, in a few weeks when we're talking about it, but um, that's just me. But I think the way kind of I've seen the narrative of it, and I think that's the way the voters, I'm kind of picking up on what some of the voters, the people who I know are MVP voters, what they're thinking. Um, I think it's kind of leaning slightly towards Jokic. So I would say, I'm going to say, for me personally, it will be fool's gold. But I think the way things are trending, I'm going to say gold. But um, And that's not to take away from any of these three players. If Atatakompo or Embiid or Jokic win the MVP, I won't have a problem with it just because I didn't pick them personally. I think they are having uh fantastic seasons mvp type of season and whoever wins i think i'm gonna be it's going to be well deserved um i mean of course you have the people who say well this person should have won and all that but i mean i think i think whoever wins of these three players would be well deserving so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say based on not my own personal thoughts but what i think it's gonna go i would say gold but personally i would say fool's gold because uh, I would have Giannis. But I don't think Giannis – I don't just don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, Denver's just kind of – they're so good at home. Uh, the idea – kind of like the the idea of three in a row is like really enticing, I think, to a voter who might be kind of on the bubble and who they want to vote for. And, I mean, Giannis has just been so – he's just been, to me, the best player in the league for a few years now. And it's just kind of like, well, we already know he's great. This is the first time we can have three in a row since Larry Bird. Let's kind of do that. So very convoluted answer. So for me personally, fool's gold, but what I think is going to happen, I'm going to say gold. Um, so a couple caveats there, your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I've, I've got this gold as well. And I basically agree with every single thing you've said uh, so far. I don't really have much more to add. I personally think Andre the has been the most valuable player this year. His team has better record by one game than the nuggets. He's been their best defensive player. He's been their best offensive player. He's top five in scoring. Um, and yeah, he's been great. That said, what you what you also added there is the way people are leaning. I mean, th- this is very much like, to be honest, MVP is is a couple things. It's very narrative driven, but it's also kind of groupthink driven. Uh, like the people who vote on this award, like, also listen to everyone else who votes to it, you know, or they read their articles or they talk to them, you know, they're working in, you know, the same spaces. So they're going to the bar after a game and they're saying, Oh yeah. Did you see this? Like, this, you know, so I, I do think, you know, not to say like anything nefarious, but I think their sense to start to be like a pretty major like way that most people start to think just because these Media members and and people who are around the NBA every day see each other a lot, and they share a lot of the same ideas, and they absorb a lot of the same information, and they listen and watch the same things, you know. And I think that's just human nature. I wanted uh, one thing that that I think is is kind of supports both you and I saying gold realistically, because I'm with you. I think Andre Kumpo has been the most valuable player this year. But I think Nikola Jokic will win. Um, Tim Bontemps at ESPN uh, every year basically releases a couple of MVP straw polls throughout the season to see where kind of like top NBA media former players, you know, basically folks that that he can get to, to poll, um, front office people, um, you know, where they stand. Uh, the last straw poll was approximately three weeks ago, um, February 16th. Um, and Jokic had 77 out of a hundred votes, basically, uh, for first place. Um, Giannis had 11 first place votes, uh, 38 second place votes and beads in third. Um, so Jokic was, you know, three weeks ago, overwhelmingly the mvp favorite even more so than in the past two years when he's won it. um now it's worth noting that milwaukee has been very good since this straw poll and has gone on a big win streak andre cupo has had some you know really eye-popping games let's be honest um and and is driving a lot of that so you know i i'm not saying yoke just going to get 75 percent of the first place votes i don't think that's going to be the case but i think the fact he had such a strong lead a few weeks back and it's not like he's gotten worse you know he just continues to go out and get triple doubles and you know shoot the, shoot 60 from the field 40 percent from three 80 percent from the free throw line you know so like he hasn't fallen off um and his team is still very good and so I think with all these things combined with the what you mentioned the narrative of having a three-time MVP um the fact that you know Jokic is fun to watch and like he's kind of like a basketball nerd's dream right like with his passing and his efficiency like a lot of people think of you know in our very stat driven era that's a big thing and yeah, he's, he's averaging a triple-double. He'd be the first person since Russell Westbrook to average a triple-double on the season. I think you ask any single media member who is around then and there, they'll say Jokic is just having an infinitely better season than Westbrook did that season. Um, just because he is doing it in a very different way. Um, way more team involvement. He's made everyone on his team better. Super highly efficient. And his team has been way better than that Oklahoma City team was. So... I'm going with gold. I do think Jokic will end up being the first player since Larry Bird to win three straight MVPs. And yeah, I, I, you know, this might be controversial. I don't think that's all that ridiculous. If if you look at if you're looking at the MVP as a regular season award, which what what is what it is, the last three seasons Jokic has had should be up there with those Wilt seasons, those Larry Bird seasons, those those Bill Russell seasons. It's been incredible. We haven't seen anything like this ever. Um, And no, he hasn't had the playoff success. Let's be honest though. Wilt didn't have playoff success three years. He won it either. Bird won, I think, two chips in in his three-year stretch. So, you know, he had to show for it, but, um, you know, he he had three other Hall of Famers on his team as well, right? So it's like... I think if you're looking at it as an individual award for the regular season, he that what he's done the last three years deserves to be in the record books. I mean, it's been it's been incredible. As someone who watches a lot of Jokic and he's my favorite player, like I've just never seen anyone do this at any level of basketball. The way he sees the floor, the passes he throws, the touch he has just it, it's it's a wholly unique brand of basketball. Um, and and not to take anything away from Giannis, he totally is too one on one. Just and we've never seen someone with his size that fast, that explosive, that tenacious ever. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it would be well deserved if it went to either of them. And if it went to M- Embiid, I wouldn't be mad either. Um, he's having an excellent year, but I think right now, like you p- mentioned, the 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 trend, the, you know, not to use a bad term, but like the kind of group think is that Jokic is going to win the third, the third straight award. Um, you know, I, I think onto the Kumpo right now would be number one, but it, you know, Jokic could also like go on a run the last, you know, 20 games or whatever. So yeah, I'll, I'll go with gold for this one too, homie. Any final thoughts on the MVP race or Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, any of that?
0: Yeah, I think I agree with you, homie. I don't think it was it would be a stretch or the wrong decision or unthinkable that Jokic's last three years would be worthy of three consecutive MVPs. I don't think that, and I also don't think that. I also I said this last year too, and uh, when we're when we're kind of naming who we had for MVP at the end of the end of the season award the show that we do, um, all three players this year and last year had MVP seasons and in other, if this was a different year, they would have won MVP for a multitude of reasons. I think it just whoever wins, the other two players can feel like, well, I should have been MVP. And that's a perfectly valid way of thinking because in other years previous, they probably would have been. And that's just the way it is. And I think it's a, I think it's a great thing for hoops. It's it's a good thing to have um you know competitive MVP races or players that just feel like Uh, I had an MVP season, but I didn't win it because that gives you that motivation to continue to to continue to play well. And I think even when you have players like, uh, you know, you have two multiple MVPs in there again, and you have Embiid looking for his first. uh, I think I think it makes for good, uh, good hoops in the long run.
1: Yeah, for sure. So we'll see how it all plays out. And yeah, we'll do our we'll do our end of season awards picks too in a I guess in a few weeks, uh, when the season's wrapping up, maybe a month month from now or so, we'll do our regular season award pick. So you'll see how we feel at the end of the year if we feel the same way or not. Um, but yeah, that that was our our last gold or fool's gold statement. Um, that was uh, yeah, we got some we got some some good uh, topics to talk about there. We were kind of you know got to talk a little bit about pigskin and about nba playoffs about awards races so that was that was that was fun homie um any any uh any final thoughts on on our gold or fool's gold segment
0: no i mean i really enjoyed it great questions homie great statements and uh things for us to talk about very uh very uh, open-ended kind of there was a lot of lot of conversations a good conversation that we had but let's get into our uh our uh, our classic segment the segment that we've had since episode one
1: All right, let's do it. It's everyone's favorite segment. It's Helmets, Hoops, and Homies Slime Ball of the Week. Um, So uh, every week we have uh, a segment where we're going to talk about the figure in the sports world who has been the slimiest, the scummiest, the sketchiest uh, for that previous week, whether that's in their words or in their actions. Um so we uh, will each kind of call out someone who, you know, in some way or another typically has disappointed us, <laughs> you know, uh for the week. Um so yeah, homie, you kick this one off. I wanna I wanna hear your slime ball of the week. Um and yeah, wanna see wanna see who's getting the getting slimed.
0: Okay, so I wanted I wanted to be uh, abstract here in my thinking. I went with more of a collective thing, and not necessarily something that's animate. So I want I wanted to be a little bit different here. Um, I went with my slime ball of the week um, is uh, or are uh, NFL contracts is are my slime ball of the week, and this is why. Um I get I, I think nFL contracts are like one of the biggest like atrocities I think like in sports. it's just so it's it, it feels to me home even though i mean we watch we watch pigskin we talk about it on the show it, it seems to me like one of the most like i don't know should i just say it worthless things to talk about because the contract that's signed there's always so many moving parts in it. it's never like you know five years one twenty five it's like okay mm-hmm. it's not it's not like in hoops where it's like what you sign is pretty much what you get there might be you know things that are you no know, trade kickers or you know incentives if you make all nba or if you win the MVP, you get an extra or whatever if you sign like you know like okay like the max 5 years 250 you're getting paid 5 years 250 and you might get a little bit more given incentives right with the nfl it just feels like okay uh okay so we'll use the daniel jones one right so he signed a a full year, hundred and sixty million dollar contract. I've heard different numbers. I've heard eighty two million guaranteed. I've heard 90, 93, I think, guaranteed. I've heard another number guaranteed. I've heard that we don't even really know what the incentives are that could make it even more guaranteed, towards plus a hundred million plus guaranteed. It's just—it's really frustrating to me. Like I feel like the whole, the way the NFL thinks when it comes to negotiations contracts. Is a, is a very cheap uh, and, and and frugal type of endeavor, I think. and it really it really rubs me the wrong way. Like I said, in a league where these owners can just basically print their own money, regardless of some team's success and location, uh, it really bothers me that they're just that the fact that I think the fact that there aren't guaranteed contracts in this in the sport where you could literally die playing it. Is really is really troublesome to me, and the fact that I don't I don't know if we're ever going to get in our lifetimes, uh, you know, fully guaranteed contracts for every NFL player. Should we absolutely? You can say, oh, it's a dangerous sport. Why would you want to guarantee all this money? I'm like, well, because you just you just said that because it's a dangerous sport. Like, why would I want to possibly put my well being when I'm you know, you know, 50 years old um, in jeopardy? for, you know, I'll sign, I can sign a, I could sign a billion dollar contract with, with 50 million guarantee and they can just void it out. It's just, it's pointless to me. So the lack of guarantees bothers me with NFL contracts and all these things There's voidable years. You can kick the can down the road. You can do You can play like a cap, you know, you can be like a capologist and do all these cap things with it. It's just kind of insane. And there's, there's parts of that in the NBA too, but it's a lot more cut and dry. It makes a lot more sense. You know what you're getting into. You signed this contract. This is the annual value. This is what's going to be. There's been some contracts that are non-guaranteed in the NBA, but I mean, it's not very common. But it, it just bothers me that there's that, and there's just it's, there's so much like trickery. Like I feel like you're getting tricked when when you're being you're being like uh, what's like a really like a uh, funny word like you're being hoodwinked when you're signing these contracts. Like you're not you're always going to be the loser, the regardless of these contracts. Um, and then the whole thing with like the fully guaranteed contract for them. Um, the the most, the most important players in the league in terms of quarterbacks who who have the most to do with winning. The fact that they haven't even gotten there yet for the most important players. What if you know? How do you feel for like running backs? The idea of running backs, regardless of where you're taking in the draft, you pretty much all your prime years are locked up by the team because if you get, if you go in the first round as a running back, you essentially get a 4 year guaranteed contract at a set price. And then the fifth year, they can you know, they can either exercise your option. So let's say they do that. Then they can just tag you for a couple of years for 10-ish million. And then that's your prime as a running back. we I mean, know running back position is not as valuable as much as it used to be, which is which is unfortunate. And the system's not fair. But, I don't know, it just seems to me, homie, like we're talking about all these different contracts. You know, there's Derek Carr who got signed. Daniel Jones got signed. It's always like whatever the contract number, it, it, to me, it's, it's worthless because it depends on, okay, how much is guaranteed. And okay, is there a signing bonus? Is it? What's it going to count against the cap? Can we can we sign you for a three year deal, but we can still pay you seven years from now because we push the money back and back and back. It, it it's so it's such a frivolous activity to me, and it really it really gets under my skin. It's just so completely pointless that we're even having this conversation. Because like like cheap billionaires is an oxymoron, but it's a reality in the NFL, and it really bothers me. And I think that. um I don't think I'm alone in thinking this. I think the NFLPA is by far the weakest and the worst player association in the four major sports just given how much power they don't have. And it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Like you can say, like, I think they need to, I think they should do something where they're kind of trending towards more guaranteed contracts, but we're seeing like kind of like mass collusion without actually colluding and saying these things out loud. It's kind of the mindset that a lot of these owners have in terms of, well, I can't, I can't freely think and do what I want to do because if I do, then you know these five owners might not like me anymore and all that stuff. But there's no, there's no independent thinking. I think when it comes to to negotiations, which is really stupid uh, to me. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you and me, and pretty much everybody else that we listen to or we know or whatever, in hoops kind of really panned the Rudy Gobert deal, right? And it was a terrible deal in our opinion. But I still, I still applaud and admire the fact that the Minnesota front office did it. They, they went outside the box and they overpaid, sure, but they still did it. They didn't think about, oh, if we give up all this for Rudy Gobert, that means the next superstar or star who gets traded is going to go for, you know, seven first-round picks now. We can't do that because that's going to set a precedent for future trades. You just don't do that. You just do what you want to do. You give up what you want to give up. And we saw that Kevin Durant, was a significantly more impactful player went for essentially the same or even slightly less than Rudy Gobert went for. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing that really bothers me, why I tend to lean more towards being a lot more invested. when it comes to off season talks and negotiation with hoops, it's a lot more, it's, there's not as many moving parts to me in terms of what's being said, but like pretty much the number for the years given is what you're going to get with a few factors here and there. Whereas with NFL contracts, they're bogus to me, homie. They're they're a waste of time to me to even really talk about and discuss and all this. And it, it really it really gets under my skin. So I've been hearing so much about this and who's going to sign for this and put any player you want. Uh, this player is not worth that and this and that. And you even had your question about these players making fifty million. That should be a given in a team that just in a, in a league that just the the two teams that nobody cares about. I it just it's one of the few sports we could have a team that you don't even care about, but you're going to watch the game probably anyway because it's on TV. It's like it's, un- it's unbelievable like how much money they make and how powerful the league is and how much power the players don't have when it comes to everything, including negotiations. And it just really bothers me. So NFL contracts uh, is, are my slime ball of the week. I really can't stand it. I mean, we're going to talk about it here and there because we kind of have to given what we do, but it's not something I enjoy doing. It just seems like a very frivolous and straight-up worthless thing to do and, and focus on, but it is what it is. I don't see it changing anytime soon because, like I said earlier, uh, hashtag NFL. So uh, your thoughts, homie?
1: Yeah, it's just ridiculous because, like, when you see the news alert or the tweet or whatever it is that this player got this contract, it's not true. <laughs> it's, like, not true. I mean, it's, like, they could make that amount of money. What are they actually getting? And you look at it, four-year, $160 million deal, sixty million deal. Oh, it's really two years, you know, 80 million or whatever. Like it happens all the time. And I guess it's just structured in the NBA differently where it's like, yeah, you could have a four-year deal with an option at the end, but, you know, like usually that's a player option. So the player decides if they want to opt in or out. Um, What this ultimately comes across to me as is NFL owners and front offices Want to be like, we want to give the player what they're asking for, but we don't want to pay it. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, we can say we're giving them a four year deal. No, you're giving them a one year deal and then you can cut them and that's it. And just the way they can move around money, like they can, you know, shift salary to like a $40 million signing bonus. And it's just so obtuse and sketchy. It's just like, why do you do things this way? And you're right. It's ultimately because like owners and GMs don't want to be on the hook for the decisions they made, which is <laughs> bullshit because the owners make all the money, like compared to other leagues, they make disproportionately more money than the players and yet don't want to be held accountable for having to pay the players so the contracts they freaking signed with them. Uh it's completely backwards. It's a it's a completely insane way to to do business. Um, and yeah, like we mentioned it, like Bradley Beal got his <laughs> $50 million a year contract. And he's, you know, he's not, he doesn't have anywhere near the stature Rogers does or did when he signed that, that contract, right? So it's, it's just kind of really just gotten all out of out of whack. And now it's like, you know, the players that do get the big deals, like don't really deserve them, you know, like Deshaun Watson, who like, you know, there was a decent chance is going to end up in jail for being a, a, a creeper, like gets a fully guaranteed contract. Kyler Murray, right. Is one of the highest up there. Russell Wilson, right. Like it, it doesn't even necessarily make sense. Like how these contracts are doled out. It's like what team is the most desperate to keep that player it, it it doesn't really have any logic behind it. And yeah, it's just like, if you want to, if you're only going to pay the guy for two years and this max amount of money, call it that and say the rest are incentives or options, you know, cause that's what it really is. It's like, you know, you're, you're trying to make it sound like you're giving players these big contracts and it's really like, yeah, but we like, you know, if they like break their leg in three places, we can throw them out to the curb. No problem. Don't worry about it. It's like, Oh, cool glad to hear that that sounds like a really fair and equitable way to do business with professional athletes in probably the highest risk sport in the world aside from like i don't know like actual sword fighting
0: or something yeah i mean it's 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 crazy homie. like you said um it's 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 very it's very shady to me how you can like you know, give a hundred million dollars in signing bonus, which means it only counts you only count 10 million against the cap this year, or or we can cut you and save 15 million against the cap, but we're gonna have a dead cap money of nine million. I'm just like, what well, wait, this is ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's so convoluted. It's unbelievable to me. And yet, yeah, so I think mean, it's like I said, yeah. I can't stand uh, like the NFL free agency period. And like, I mean, how can you get excited about it when you can say, oh man, we signed, you know, this player, and then that player could be gone in a year. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, like, like it never happened. It's like, "Eh, who cares? They're gone now. It's like, how can you get excited about this? Like, how can you, like, be invested? Like, oh, we have to sign this player when actually pretty much every player in the NFL plays on one-year deals, essentially, Uh, if you're you're thinking about it that way. I mean, there's a guarantee, and they have to pay that out. But aside from that, once that money's off the books, you're playing basically every year on a one-year deal because regardless of how much money they guarantee you, they can still find a way if you sign a 10, 15 year contract. They can still find a way after whatever time they feel comfortable doing, getting rid of you. And they'll, they, you know, they'll pay the price for a season. They'll have a huge cap hit and quote unquote dead money. Then the next year, they're who cares? We're good now. But I mean, it, it's a completely meaningless system to me. I just really don't like it.
1: Yeah. The cap stuff to me is completely. Indecipherable, like it's just impossible to understand. There's dead cap, and then there's like, you know, this this contract counts this much. Like none of it. I've been following football my entire life, then always pay attention to free agency. I've played like you know Madden franchise mode. I I still have not a single clue how any of this stuff works. Um, you know, it's really I, I hear these terms thrown around, but I really don't know what they mean. So yeah, it's it's just like if, if it's that complicated, like you're doing something wrong, right? Like there's a, there's a phrase that, uh, they use in the science world that scientists use when, you know, deciding between one approach, one theory that is the more simple and the, the, another theory that's a little more far-fetched. It's, it's keep it simple, simple, stupid, you know, like, There's no reason to make it this complicated. Um, You know, the NBA is not perfect, but you can at least understand what's happening, right? Like when you sign a contract for that much money, you're getting it unless you agree to a buyout for less than that, which really only happens in your final year and is totally up to you. You're getting that money. So, and then you know there are options or incentives on top of that, but and and then there's the luxury tax. But yeah, it, I, I get you, homie. It's it's completely you know ridiculous the way they do it in in the NFL. Um, but yeah, I'll 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 move on to my slime ball here. Um, and this is one that's gotten a lot of um, media time in the last week. So I probably am going to sound like a broken record here, but you know I got it. I got it. You know. I got to speak my mind on this. My my slime ball of the week is uh, Ja Morant and an honorable mention to his father, uh, T. Morant. So uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Ja Morant, uh, after um, <laughs> his Grizzlies got their asses handed to them in Denver by the Nuggets uh, on the road, um, Ja went out to a club in Glendale, um, Colorado, which is kind of like in the Denver area, um, and took a video of himself on Instagram Live uh, waving a gun around in a crowded club. Um, This—I don't know what he was thinking. It was maybe some kind of attempt to look gangster. Um, you know that to me is is pretty silly. Um, for here's here, for a couple reasons. Um, first of all john morant went to a private high school (laughs) it's not like he like was in some like crummy inner city school um he went to he went to a school in uh, a little town in south carolina uh called sumter um it is you know not the ghetto it's not the hood you know it's it's just kind of a typical uh kind of city um you know really not not much happening there. Um, he comes from a family with a mother and a father who are very supportive and loving. Um, so it's really confusing to me to see a guy come from this background, uh, sign a 150, $160 million contract in the NBA. Um, get the first signature shoe with Nike since like Kyrie Irving and, um, have maybe be one of the most popular players in the world and decide like he needs to go out there and like act like he's gangster it's like dude you're not um and no matter how hard you try you're not going to be um i mean like listen this is an alan iverson who grew up in the hood and like went through a lot of shit in his life right and like actually got involved in some bad stuff a lot of which wasn't really, I don't know, his fault. There's a lot of like wrong place, wrong time stuff with AI. I'll I'll always say that. So to do that, it's just confusing to me. And this is the third incident with John Morant's name really in the last year. There are reports of him getting in an altercation with a 17-year-old kid at his house in the offseason where they got in a fight over a pickup basketball game. There's this, um, you know. There's this uh, report uh, with, you know, there was a, a some, something went down between Jaws' friends and the Indiana Pacers a couple weeks ago, um, and it's getting to the point where it's like, bro, why is your name in the the news so much? Um, this is this is really disturbing. Um, you know, you got to set a good example. Like he said last year oh, the national media doesn't pay any attention to the Grizz. Like they don't care about us. They're overlooking us. And it's like, all right, well, you wanted this then. You wanted the attention and now you're getting it and you don't know how to act. Um, and and this is, it's not just the off the court stuff, man. It's the on the court shit too. We talked about this at the Shannon Sharp incident. We talked about this when, you know, Embiid and, and Dylan Brooks got into it. Like, you know, just like, Why are you always involved in these types of things? Fights, arguments, um, you know, disputes off the court. There's, you know, we have another, I'll give another saying for the listeners that they probably heard. Where there's smoke, there's usually a fire. If your name is coming up this much, you're not doing something right. You're either not around the right guys. You're not being held accountable. You're not thinking about how your actions affect your teammates and the organization that pays you $40 million a year. Um, And it's just ridiculous. Um, The other thing I want to point out that really people aren't talking about a lot. Um, Someone walked into a club with a gun in Colorado in the last year and shot like 15 people to death. Like this isn't cool or like funny. Like people's lives are at risk. Like you're in a club. Let's be honest. This was at like 2 a.m. He's probably drunk. He's got a gun in a club. He's lucky he didn't end up hurting someone or that someone didn't see him waving a gun around and frankly shoot him in the head. Right? Like there are people are on edge right now more than ever. There are mass shootings all the time, including in clubs. Um, it's just such a dumb way to like get yourself or other people hurt. I, I, you know, and, and I just feel like that part of it has been kind of like swept under it's like, Oh, well, like his jaw going to be able to play. Like, does he need to, it's like, bro, like, he could have hurt someone, you know, like for real, like he could have hurt or killed someone or, you know, resulted in something like that happening. And, you know, I think that t- kind of gets lost for some reason in these conversations. Um, the last thing, got to call out team Morant on this man. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm sorry, but like at a certain point, this is on the parents. If they're, if their kids acting like this, I know he's 23 years old. I know he's technically adult, but it doesn't help when you're sitting courtside with a drink, every game, talking shit to Shannon Sharp or whoever the hell you decide you want to talk to getting yourself on TV, riling people up, making a big scene. Like Time for you to pump the brakes, man. You know, we, we had something similar with LeVar Ball a few years ago. And to his credit, man, he stepped back. He was like, this is actually like at this point, maybe it's starting to hurt my kids' careers. And he hasn't really been like too vocal since that. Um so I don't know what T Morant's thinking. It kind of seems to me like he wants to be like a celebrity himself. And other people have talked about this, like McMahon from ESPN and Zach Lowe have talked about this, but it's like, you gotta start setting a better example, man. Like, because it's pretty clear, like the the behavior you're showing is what Ja is doing, but at a, at a different level. He is a $40 million a year, like face of the franchise. He can't be doing this stuff. Um, And so, yeah, I don't know. He just needs a reality check, man. Uh, You know, you're a professional athlete. You're not a a gangster. You're not a criminal. You're a millionaire. You have it better than 99% of the people in this country. You know, no reason to go out there and act tough, man. Like, it's it's really stupid. It's a really dumb look. And I'm I'm just going to be honest with me. Like, I lost a lot of respect for him. Just keeping it 100. I like you know I, I was a huge fan of John Morant, but this this shit's getting old. It's getting old to me. And you know you haven't done anything yet, so I don't really see why you get to go out there acting tough, waving guns around. Um, when one, that's not who you are. That's not the background you're from. That's not the environment you grew up in. And and two, you haven't really done shit to to earn that. It was one thing when MJ was going out and you know <laughs> gambling all night and stuff his team won six championships in it in eight years. You know, that's a different level here, man. Very different level. So John Morant and T Morant are my uh, slime balls of the week. Any, any thoughts on that, homie? Did I, did I break your heart with that one?
0: No, uh, Going in on, on our, our guy, Demetrius Jamel Morant. Um, Yeah, homie. So, I mean, I feel you, I do. I, I think the reason why I didn't I didn't pick them as well was because it, it seems like it, it's it's definitely a thing where I feel you were like being disingenuous with like you know trying to be you know, trying to be a G or you know trying to trying to like live up to this type of image that, that's kind of promoted as a cool thing. So I feel you on that, but and I I've seen it. I've seen like uh, people like where where my family lives at now, which is you know they live in they live in a uh, a nice area now. They don't live actually in um, they don't live in the actual city anymore. They live in like kind of an affluent you know southern suburb of Chicago. And uh, I've seen kids there you know when I was working and stuff when I was uh, kind of you know going to school and working there and stuff. I would see kids that you know grew up in this you know in a surrounding suburb. Uh, grew up in a million dollar home i'm talking about i'm talking about kids of color too i'm not talking about you know i think it's talking about people of color you know teenagers young younger people in their 20s who grew up in this you know affluent area um they grew up in a million dollar home if not more expensive than that um you know trying to trying to trying to be hood trying to you know trying to you know trying to talk you know gully and be gully and gut out. so it's it's it, and i would always call them out and i'd be like you know like like if I took you to the hood and dropped you off right now, like you wouldn't even know what to do with yourself. So I mean let's just let's just keep it, you know, let's let's pump the brakes on that. I know you, I know where you live, homie. You live down over there where all those mansions are at. You never been to the city, you know what I mean? You never had to deal with that kind of stuff. So why why are you trying to be that? You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not you. It's it's so phony to me. I can smell it a mile away. So just don't do it. And I would say that and they're like, oh yo, well, you know, I'm about this. I'm like, no, you're not. And trust me, dog, you're not about that life. Just don't do it so i mean i feel you on that with the whole thing i was very disappointed with that i've seen it a million times um so i mean that that really bothers me but also the other thing is like i feels like it's like it's just something deeper to this like i've heard rumors i mean i've heard from some people uh that are like kind of cover the grizzlies are just in memphis media that have talked about where he he might be uh you know needs to check into like a, a rehab clinic or something to get to get some sort of treatment for like alcohol addiction which I think is really something really serious and unfortunate. If that's the case, uh, especially for him being 23 years old, that he's already having these issues. Um, but I mean, I want I want to at least commend him for getting the help now. I think maybe this was, this could be. Hopefully, this is the wake up call that he needs to stop to stop doing this and to get his his life together where it needs to be off the court. Because on the court, I mean, it, it can't really go much better aside from more playoff success. He's been a, he's been uh, kind of the ideal player that you want on the court in terms of him working so hard and to be as good as he's been. And he's going to be even better. Like we, we've we always talked about how much we admire a player's work ethic, and he's been doing that. So I think the fact that he's been kind of living this this other life these last however many years, few years, a couple years, and uh, and still being so good in the court and still putting in that work that he needs to be to be great kind of shows me that he's going to be even better when he kind of focuses you know, mostly full-time on hoops and i'm not saying he hasn't been doing that but i think he can be even better if he puts some of that energy into something more positive so i want to i want to uh not come down too hard on that because if it's something where it's it's a matter of addiction that's a really serious thing and i I feel wrong and i'm not i'm not excusing him for what he's done i think it's been very immature i think it's been stupid i think it's been unnecessary and i want to make that clear and i i think i think to me yeah, you know the, the the people he surrounds himself with. I think he needs to reevaluate that. There's always a thing where you can't take people with you from where you grew up. There's people who are in your life for certain reasons and seasons, and sometimes they gotta leave. You gotta you kind of move yourself away from that, and it doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes that we're moving in different directions and we move in different circles, and that's okay. You know what I mean? It doesn't it doesn't have to be where you know uh, I you know I have to I have to keep you around my whole life just because we grew up together. We're not in the same situation anymore. You know what I mean? And that's okay. And if anybody who's really your friend or really cares about you will either still be there or they'll understand like yo I get it you know what I mean like you're whatever so I get that too but I, I think a big blame is I think I think his father is kind of something to blame as well it's disappointing like like, like stop trying to be your son's homie and, and be his dad you know what I mean like you can, you can be both you can be his dad but you're always his dad first you can have a great relationship I'm, I mean I think it's really dope that he's so close with his dad that it almost is like it's it's like they, they have a friendship in terms of just not just a father-son bond type of thing. But I think it has to come to you're his dad first, make sure he respects you as his father, and you guys can still have that type of relationship. But to me it seems like they both got a little caught up with the fame, caught up with the money. I think Team Arant, to keep it real, has been kind of riding his son's coattails for the last couple years. And he got caught up in all that too because, I mean – Even though they were, you know, I would assume middle class from what everything I've heard, they weren't, you know, millionaires. You know what I mean? They weren't, they weren't, you know, they weren't balling out like that. So I think that's that kind of kind of contributed to that, like the the lifestyles of the rich and the famous type of thing, kind of like both kind of got sucked up into that, which is unfortunate. But I think his dad needs to take a look in the mirror and say, look, like, what can I do to be, you know, a good role model for you too? Because I mean, think about it. Like if my dad's out partying with me and my homies and we're drinking and doing all this and why... And he's, you know, he's, you know, 20 plus years older than me. And what incentive do I have to stop doing that when I'm 20 years younger? You know what I mean? So, I mean, I think that's that's a thing to uh, reevaluate too. But I do want to say that it's unfortunate, it's stupid, the way he's been acting. I hope this is a wake-up call he needs. I still, uh, I'm still a fan of his game on the court. I think this is going to be in a few years. I'm hoping, and I think it will be, this is all going to be kind of like a thing in the past when he's doing an interview or something years from now. They're going to talk about uh, you know what changed. How did you get back to you know to being more focused and being you know a better person or whatever? And it'll be kind of a footnote on his career, but it is very unfortunate. I'm still a fan of him uh, on the courts. I, I don't think he's a bad person. I just think he's kind of lost right now. He doesn't really know. He doesn't really have an identity, or he's been he's been kind of listening to other people, and they're kind of forming it for him instead of just being him. And that's one of the things that I respect the most about people is just. Just be you, and people will respect you for that. And if they don't respect you for that, then they're not meant to be in your life, and it is what it is. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I wish him all the best uh to Ja. Um, I hope that he, he gets the help he needs. Uh, this is kind of a lost season for me for Memphis, which is unfortunate for that fan base, that organization. But uh hopefully next year they can come out and be better and uh build up that culture that we had come to really love. It's kind of gritty a little bit, but it's not – it's not you know immature which is kind of what it's transcended into this year and I've heard so many thoughts about so many things about people saying that how did the Grizzlies go from a team that were just young and scrappy and we love them to now a lot of people hate them the way that they act because they ain't never they ain't never won nothing you know what I mean they're acting like they they were in the finals last year they haven't even made a conference finals with this group so like I kind of want to see more of that too And I mean I don't mind like the the swag and being confident but let's kind of keep it realistic a little bit before we can start getting into the, Oh, I'm not worried about no other team, but Boston. I'm like, yo, you ain't even been to a conference finals yet. You know what I mean? And you're talking about, you're only worried about Eastern conference teams. You got to get there first, homie. It's not just, you don't just leapfrog to the finals after winning round one. You know what I mean? It's, it's a grind. So, I mean, I think he needs to definitely do that and, and focus on that. The whole team, does. I think the culture is pretty bad right now. I think Jenkins needs to kind of, kind of fix this either soon or in the off season and kind of reevaluate things the way things are going but i wish him all the best um i think this is going to be uh i don't think it's going to keep repeating itself i think he's going to get the help he needs and and kind of get you grow more mature i mean we've we've done things when we were in their 20s that we wish like why did i do that i mean never to this level but also we never had this kind of money either you know what i mean so i can't say that you know, we, we weren't millionaires, homie, when we were 23 years old. So I don't know. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't think we would have done this kind of stuff. I know we wouldn't have done this kind of stuff, but we still might have done something where we're like, why would we do that? You know what I mean? That's kind of dumb. Like, why did I why did I buy a, a $10 million car or, or buy a, a $50 million home or something like that? So stupid. I could have used that money in so many other ways. Something stupid like that. So, I mean, all that to say, I wish him all the best, but I definitely... I feel you, and I understand why he's why he's your slime ball of the week. And I mean, it, it's it's deserved to me, um, and I think his dad's just as just as deserving of it as well.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping this is like you know the point, the wake up call for him, where he turns it around and he's like, "All right, time to get serious." Because like, I just don't, also don't think you're gonna win if this is your attitude, right? Like, if you're if you're trying to do this, like, I mean. You know, MJ always, you know, this is nothing against people who go out and like night nightlife, but like MJ never got in like trouble, right? Like he was never like getting in fights, waving guns around, right? Like he was gambling, he was drinking, he was having a good time, you know, and he'd show up the next day and score 50 points, right? Like it it was, you know, there was nothing, there's nothing wrong with going out and having a good time, but you got to have someone there who's going to keep you out of trouble like that plain and simple like you are a millionaire you need to have a either a friend you trust uh, a security guard whatever it is who's going to be like yo shit's getting a little messy here time time to bounce right yeah. Like that's just how it has to be it, it, yeah. you have to do that
0: and i think i think jordan would even tell you now like that's not the way to do it like don't do what i did don't go out and do yeah. that stupid it was foolish i shouldn't have did that i was so good that it didn't matter but I think if you asked him now, as you know, a man who just turned sixty, he'd say that was foolish. I shouldn't have done that. I should yeah. have been more responsible, and you know, maybe I would have scored sixty points instead of forty-five. You know what I mean? Because whatever, I'm sure he would tell you that was that was a bad decision too. And I think that the final thing to say is that uh, uh, Morant has a lot more to lose from this behavior than he has to gain
1: mm-hmm.
0: from doing this. Sure. Just keep it that way. He has so many things. Uh, this is a guy who could. I mean, who knows? He could potentially be a billionaire by the time you know when he's in his 40s. Given if he's how he takes his business, he has a contract with a Signature Shoe. If that goes well, he's extremely popular. It could, you know, he has endorsements with multiple companies. He can be a face of the entire league, and that you know that leads to a lot of commercials. He has he has so much to lose from this and nothing to gain, in my opinion
1: yeah for sure well yeah i hope hope it's a wake-up call and yeah hope he 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 kind of gets his mind right and you know i think the grizz will follow suit he's their emotional leader um but yeah it's just kind of gotten messy with him with the team so hopefully things look up there but um yeah let's let's move on to our uh, final segment here
0: yeah let's end on a positive note so uh we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and give our homies of the week so our homie of the week is a person place or thing in sports that we think we want to be wanted to give some love to shout them out uh you know commend them for whatever they had done something that we thought was was their cool or dope or honorable or what have you something that we thought was important and we want to give some love to so uh Patrick how about you go ahead and uh tell us who's your homie of the week
1: for sure yeah my homie of the week is uh Paul Gasol, retired uh, NBA player, Paul Gasol. Um, Gasol just had his uh, jersey uh, retired by the Lakers. Um, and, you know, he's he was always a player I really liked. And to be honest, was a player who never got enough credit for what he did. Those Lakers teams were nothing before he got there. Um, Kobe Bryant was scoring a lot of points. They were losing in the first and second round. They were not going anywhere, but when that franchise made the move to get Paul Gasol, um, that changed everything. Um, he was arguably the best player in the 2010 NBA Finals. I'm, I know I'm not the only one who who thinks that way. He he could have very well been the Finals MVP of that series, um, and yeah, he he's had his 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 jersey retired by uh, by the the Lakers here. Um, number sixteen, uh, and I just want to read you, homie, the list of other players who have had their jerseys retired by the Lakers. Kobe Bryant, uh, they retired eight and twenty-four. Obviously, he's a franchise icon. Wilt Chamberlain's number thirteen won a championship with them. Elgin Baylor, uh, twenty-two. Gail Goodrich, uh, you know, a player from from back in the day. Uh, number twenty-five. Um, he was kind of around in the seventies magic johnson's number 32 kareem abdul jabbar 33 shaquille o'neal 34 james worthy 42 jerry west 44 jamal wilkins or excuse me jamal wilkes number 52 and george Mikan, number 99 besides basically jamal wilk All of these guys are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, They're all, I think all of them were listed on the top 75 players of all time. (laughs) To put it simply, if you're getting your jersey retired by the LA Lakers, a a franchise that has had innumerable fantastic players, you did something right. Um, So I want to shout out Pau Gasol. I thought he played the game the right way. Um, I think he didn't get enough credit for his contribution to those Lakers teams um, that won in 2009 and 2010. And, yeah, I think he's been a really great ambassador for the game as well. Um, You know, fantastic career internationally with the Spanish national team. Um, you know, just, just really, you know, one of the, one of the, besides, you know, like Nowitzki and, you know, some of those guys, like one of the, one of the big, um, biggest European players of all time, one of the best European players of all time. So shout out to Pal Gasol. He's my, he's my homie of the week.
0: Yeah, I had a feeling this was going to be it. I kind of, I had a feeling that you're going to go this way, homie. So I'm kind of happy that, uh, I kind of, uh, my, my, um, speculation I guess was true because I know how you how you you really appreciate uh, uh Pau Gasol. he's kind of like along with like Dirk another player that you kind of went like a European player that you really appreciate too so uh, uh keep it real I was actually surprised that his number got retired by Lakers because when I think of like all-time great Lakers I don't think Pagasol as as a, as a player I mean, I'm happy for him it obviously meant a lot to him he won two titles there. I mean the way he got there was kind of sketchy, but also you could say that the Lakers for also sure. got screwed because the Chris Paul deal got voided. So it kind of it kind of worked out. It balanced out in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know how much the Lakers mean to you, homie. So I know you're happy to see this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I couldn't I couldn't avoid it. So. I, know how much, I know how you bleed purple and purple and yellow. So I know it means a lot uh, to you. Yeah. But I mean, I'm happy for him. It obviously meant a lot to him. Uh, I think he's he's going he's gonna go in the Hall of Fame this year. He's in the finalist list. I'm sure he's gonna get in. I don't see why he wouldn't, especially given his um, not just his NBA career but his career, uh, you know, obviously playing in the European leagues and FIBA and all those things. So I don't see why he wouldn't go in. It's kind of like a no brainer. So I mean, that's gonna be another great accomplishment for him. But yeah, I didn't really didn't really uh, I wouldn't have guessed like five or six years ago that it would happen. But I'm I'm happy for him that it did. Um, he he seems like a, he seems like a good dude. He's having a good year. He's been going to Hall of Fame. He has number retired. His team won the uh, Rising Stars Challenge. So I mean, yeah. it's been <laughs> yeah. it kind of kind of can't it's kind of can't miss right now with Pagasol. And I mean, he's he's obviously um, he's a, a, a Hispanic Hooper. He's not Latino because he's from Spain. But um, I'm supporting him for that as well. So I'm happy for him. Um, and uh, he was he was definitely a dominant player. I think he's kind of his career has been really slept on. I think. When you think about how good he was, he doesn't have as many of the achievements as some of the other players from his era that played the same position. But you got to also uh, understand that he was playing on like a Memphis team that was kind of middling or not good for most of his career before he went to LA. So you kind of, kind of think about that too. It was kind of like a Kevin love and Minnesota situation a little bit where like he was yeah. the best player and that was pretty much it. You know what I mean? Except for here and there a few years, but um yeah, he's a really good player. I mean, I'm happy for him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that it, it happened for him, and I'm glad that uh, he's being appreciated because that was uh, that was an era where they uh, they were a good team. I mean, they won back-to-back titles, and that's, that's hard to do. And I think that he did kind of transform their whole trajectory because I don't think they were going to get anywhere close to winning a title, just having Bryant just shoot inefficiently, consistently, and just take all the shots because nobody else either wanted to take him or he thought could make them. You know what I mean? So I mean they got that, and then they moved obviously, they got pieces around them as well to make them uh, a championship team. But uh yeah, I'm good for good for Palga Soul. I'm happy for him. Um any final thoughts on before I give my homie of the week here?
1: No, no, I want to hear your hear your pick.
0: For okay, this week. so this one is gonna make you I think this one's gonna make you really happy. I actually thought I, I, it was it gonna be Palga Soul. Where I thought you might go this route that I did, but um, yeah. So my my homie of the week is a is a player that uh, had a really a career game, and they kind of showed out in a big way on like a national stage. And it's a really great team in the conference. So my uh, my homie of the week is New York Knickerbockers point guard Emmanuel Quickly. I Q. Yeah, nice. So I went on. Um, he had a game on March 6th against uh, Boston, the Celtics. Since we're doing the St. Patrick's Day, we're going to you know pronounce it the right way. Uh, or the leprechauns <laughs> as we like to call them as well, which is also very fitting. Um, so he played them and went to double overtime, and he had a career game. So um, Brunson was out for this game, so he didn't start. So quickly got the start he played. His numbers were phenomenal, I think, for given how many minutes he played. So I was kind of like – I was kind of um, – Taken aback on how many minutes he put in this game in a double overtime game. And the Knicks did eventually win this game. It was a great uh, hard-fought win. Uh, so quickly had 38 points on 15 of 28 shooting, 5 of 12 from 3, which is good. And he was 3 of four from the free throw line. He had 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 blocks, and 4 steals over 55 minutes
1: <laughs> in a 131-129
0: overtime win. Um, he's kind of, he's been, he's been really on a tear the last few weeks. He's kind of at this moment, if not the front runner, a favorite to uh, win the six man of the year award. He's had a really good year. And I think he's a big reason why the, the Knicks have, uh, have kind of gone on this run the last few weeks. And I know he's a player homie that you had been talking to me for at least the last couple of years, not counting this year of why isn't quickly getting more minutes. Why is not why is not Tibbs play, Quickly, more minutes. He's a good player. He's a, you know he's a good scorer off the bench. So I mean, I was really, uh, I was really happy for him because he's in he's in his third year. So ever since his rookie year, you've been telling me like you no know, tips. He needs to play quickly more. He's you know you know to do better. So the good thing with him is now this past month, uh he's averaging you know 18 points a game over his last 10 games. It's probably a little bit lower now. He had a little bit of a down game afterwards. You know, he only scored 14. But still, he's still averaging, we'll say, 16, 17 points a game in his last 10, 12 games, which is really impressive, especially against a team that, um, you know, on paper going the season was thought to be one of the best defensive teams, if not the best defensive team in the league. And, I mean, they're still the two-seed in the East, and they're a great team that's going to go deep in the playoffs most likely. So I think the fact that he was able to do that uh, when Tatum played, and Tatum had, a, you know, he scored a lot of points, he did what he did. You know, he balls out like he usually does. Uh, it was impressive to me without your without your uh, the kind of the, the player that makes your offense go. For him to be able to do that was impressive, and for a third year guy coming off the bench, having a career year and uh, setting a career high. I'm always a, I'm a I'm a sucker for those type of games when they have a a game like that, and I want to go ahead and show him some love. So, uh, IQ swish dishing, uh, Emmanuel quickly is my uh, homie of the week. Your thoughts, Pat?
1: Yeah. Good pick IQ. One of the favorites of Walt Clyde Frazier. He uh, yeah, he had an awesome game. I was watching that game and yeah, he just, he just played with an energy. I mean, I think the thing with him is he's been playing phenomenal defense this year and I think that's, what's gotten him more into Tibbs good graces. Um, And so, yeah, he's, he's had a really, really good, especially second half of the season here um, for the Knicks, it was really good to see, you know, what he could do, um, you know, without with, with getting starters minutes. And yeah, <laughs> fifty five minutes. I mean, I think you you Tibbs is the only guy <laughs> these days who will like play, you know, someone that much. And you know, it's it, I, I the irony's not lost on me, homie, that I was like Tibbs needs to give IQ more minutes. It's like not that many minutes. Like Jesus man, like <laughs> fifty five. He's like playing an hour, um, you know, when most people play like 30, 35 minutes a game. Um, but, yeah, it was an awesome game. He It was kind of his coming out party. Um, you know, it, he, Brunson wasn't out there, so he had kind of commanded the offense and showed what he could do with it. You know, he's had a couple of, like up and down games since then, but I think it was kind of just symbolic of, you know, the, the Knicks just – they have a lot of confidence in what they're doing and their players – Um, they're young they're brash um they they you know play a tough tough brand of basketball they like to get into the paint they like to draw fouls they shoot a lot of threes um you know they're 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 on a they're on a little roll right now um you know tough loss yesterday to charlotte but you know last 10 15 games have been really strong so yeah appreciate quickly getting the shout out there he's uh He's a player I'm I'm a big fan of. I, I didn't I, I was really upset when I heard like rumors about him getting traded. I was like, why would we trade a guy like this? He's just everything you'd want in a in a in a player. Young, um, confident, two way player, um, you know, spark plug scorer, good shooter. So um, yeah, happy for him. And that, that's a great pick, homie.
0: Yeah, there's talks like if they didn't acquire Brunson that he was gonna start this year too. So uh, yeah. Can we get can we get a a Clyde uh, saying, homie, before we uh, sign out of here?
1: Yeah, uh, manual quickly IQ with the hustle and bustle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shout out to Clyde. We love Clyde. So he's, yeah. he's 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 a he's a legend. He's the man. He's um, the man. So uh, yeah, so homie, uh, you want to go ahead and close us out before we uh, dip out of here?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, this has been episode 45 of the Helmets Hoops and Homies podcast, uh, our St. Patty's Day special. I uh, hope you enjoyed the, the uh, festivities. Um, and yeah, we, We'll probably uh, be back in another couple weeks. I got to go on one of my scouting trips uh, next week. So, uh, you know, you might not hear from us for a while, but we'll definitely tune in before the end of the NBA season. And yeah, definitely give some updates as we get towards the stretch run. Um, Any closing thoughts, homie?
0: Well, we appreciate you, everyone, all the listeners. It means a lot to us, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: All right. Peace out, homies.